Welcome to Dialogue Choices I, Podcast. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> Every <laughs> single time. anything. Well, it's because you got to wait a second because the recording might <laughs> not was. fucking do the beginning. Pause. It was a second. We can't get into the millennial pause anymore. The millennial okay. pause is it's, it's stupid. It's genuinely Keith, you do it. You do you do genuinely have now. to wait a moment to start the podcast or it'll be cut off. It's quiet happened now. before. We can audio is popping so loudly, Keith. It was oh cool. my god. Did nobody mention was, maybe, it, was it popping before we started no. the podcast? Just, no. no, it just started. It's cool. Now. I'll just rejoin. Here we go. This is is this it gone now? Use fucking, this is why we should use the Tell us about the millennial pause. Is it gone now? Up. Is it gone? Yeah. Probably. Is yeah, the podcast so, good? Okay. Yeah, Hi, no, everybody. It's doing it. Hi, everybody. We're currently restarting Discord because this is what we go through. Stuff just doesn't work. <laughs> Called the uh, cafe, cafe. Is it cafe? working? Cafe. Are we good? Yeah. Yes, we are. Yeah, cool. Hi, everyone. Yes. Every old and normal people are here, but fuck them. Bird's here to talk about Unity. Hi. Hi, bird. Wow. Technical Hello. difficulties can go fuck themselves. Discord's gonna start I'm charging only... us ten dollars per minute of podcast we record in software. Probably. <laughs> I'm only here for the lecture. <laughs> yeah, this is a Discord's STEM lecture. Discord's gonna charge you every time you join a voice call. This is not, it's not a STEM it. lecture. We're here to deliver the fresh, hot news out the press that people have not heard or read about. Is yeah, that a lecture? No one has ever heard of this. <laughs> No, but yeah. No, nah, Bird, Bird would never he's lecture. Here. He's the cool professor. I am the cool professor. We're what does all that gonna mean? He's going to sit in a chair and like fall asleep sack. and get put he on like the building. Building. He's going to fall asleep <laughs> like Mr. <laughs> Gonzalez. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, so I'm here because uh, last week I asked if y'all were going to podcast about, or were going to talk about um, the Unity engine during your podcast because that was uh the new hotness right then and there uh we're a week out and i think it's mostly calmed down so that gives us a time to at least new, they just had a new issue recently didn't they? yeah and people are broadly pretty cool with it so i think wait they they still... are they were cool that they took down the tos uh they're cool that with was the pretty early that it's going yeah yeah, yeah. oh it's it's still you know, it's still not 100% decided, but it's simmered a little bit, so it's worth kind of just talking about what the hell happened. And it's an interesting topic, so I figured I would, like, come on and talk about it a little bit. So that's why I'm here today. Uh, Welcome, Professor. I don't think there's anything else to be said. We might as well just start going into what it, is, right? What is Unity? Yeah, so uh, two-sentence summary. Unity is a video game engine. Um, if you don't know what a game engine is, uh, it's basically the program that actually runs on your computer or console. The game that you bird, write, bird. we're talking using to the gamers. Unity engine. Well, no one knows what an know. engine is. That's why he's <laughs> that was my yeah. joke. <laughs> Dang it, I ruined it. <laughs> no group of people more confidently talks about something they don't know anything about than gamers and game <laughs> engines. No one fucking has any so, idea what an engine does. Yeah, so the Me engine too. is what is actually running. When you start a game that was made using the Unity engine, you're firing up Unity, and then your game loads on top of that. You're effectively writing a plugin into the engine for all intents and purposes. 
Unity uh, is the platform of... that a play takes place on. Sure, yeah, that's a, a way to describe it too. Ooh, that's a cool um, analogy. I like that. a lot of a lot of very pretentious people will then say stuff like, "Oh, you didn't actually write a game. Your Unity wrote your game, and you just provided like a bunch of feedback into it." So that's going to be like yeah, I didn't Jonathan invent Blow English, but I like put it in say. the formation to make a fucking sentence. Thanks, <laughs> I appreciate that fucking criticism. <laughs> yeah. So, um, that being said, like a game engine provides uh, a lot of really, really nice benefits, like uh, cross-platform things. You can write your game on your Windows computer, and by and large, you can trust that it's going to run on uh, cell phones. If you go that extra mile, it will run on like a PlayStation and Xbox. And basically, you don't have to change anything uh, on your end when you're developing the game to get that to work in a perfect world. Will it work um, my Ouya? Uh, that that's is. a good question. I don't know if, if Unity Games <laughs> ran on Ouya. I think it probably did. Ouya was just Android, so presumably, yeah. Oh, okay. Finally. Yeah, so there you go. And um, importantly, regarding regarding Unity, 50% of the published Steam games use Unity. Yeah, Unity is insanely popular. Uh, mm -hmm. It was used to write, like, um, most of the most... Uh, like, things like Genshin Impact, right? That's written using Unity. Hearthstone... Wait, Genshin Impact uh, Unity? Unity. Huh? Mm -hmm. Yep. Man, that must uh, be like that must be so much money they would get if they if this plan mm -hmm. went through. Oh yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> oh yeah. That's... Now Mihoyo is the is probably no, Unity's yeah. biggest customer. If Don't I were they to have guess. like twenty billion dollars? Can they just make a better engine? Uh, why? Why would they? they? Probably good, but why would <laughs> Actually, they? They have an engine. I guess that's true. Unity's well, really flexible. Unity it, like, I, it, it, it blew Unity's my mind the moment I realized through. that it wasn't just made for all those like random free horror games you downloaded ten years ago, but powered yeah. both Pillars of Eternity and Hearthstone, which have zero obvious Common overlap in how they yeah. even work. So you're like, hang on a minute. Yeah. Unity is pretty badass. Um, it's been around since like what 2005 was I think Unity 1.0. Yeah. Um, and the cool thing about Unity was that it was the first video game engine that came out that um, you could just use. Like you didn't mm -hmm. have to. It was He's way more accessible. I think I don't actually know exactly how accessible it was in 2005. My assumption is that you probably didn't have to pay for it. But I don't you know too you much just about went on to really their early. Okay. Yeah, it's just I the same. I, I downloaded it. You had to sign up for a list. Um, okay. But you, you literally just got like invited to it and then could download it. Basically, the same process that they had up until today is yeah. the same process they had at launch. It was very ahead of its time in that regard. Yeah, it was really cool. I mean, I my experience with Unity, I, I tried it out for the first time in, I want to say, 2012 or 2013. And there was something incredibly moving, maybe is even the way to describe it, as I was able to write an online multiplayer 3D game. And I never thought I would ever be able to do that in my entire life. Being able to do that at all was amazing because everything else was licensed uh, to hell. Like, mm -hmm. if you mm -hmm. wanted to use Unreal yep. up until relatively recently, uh, that was like you had to put you had to throw down like four hundred thousand dollars or two hundred thousand yeah. dollars, something you like had that. To do it through through a it. business, 
as well like mm -hmm. you couldn't just do it as an indie person you had to like incorporate and then send in a i mean you could do it as an indie person but you you had to apply as a licensee uh which mm -hmm. meant yeah. having like a professional business account and like setting up yep. setting up a, a relationship with unity and getting an account manager and stuff like that i think it is yeah. important too that like engines are tools and they are mm -hmm. proprietary tools for a lot of companies so like they are not things you would hand out like candy to people whereas unity did mm -hmm. not have yeah. uh any kind of like allegiance to keeping that uh their engine private they didn't have like a you know they weren't part of like sony or nintendo or whatever that needed to keep how they made games yeah in-house the other that's, sorry that's also how that's why epic was so groundbreaking when they released the the unreal engine for mm -hmm. free basically is because you know you're right and they pe people tend not to want to release their engine like that yeah i mean i wish Frostbite i mean at the time that so unity fucking fix it <laughs> <laughs> at the time when unity came out like that there were other things that were basically free in the same mm -hmm. kind of way that unity was but they were all 2d Right, like you guys yeah, RPG no, there, were, there were for like 20 years, years, right? <laughs> yeah, there were 3D engines at the time already, but they were very niche and, and required a lot of more, uh, yeah, required more programming knowledge than yeah, yeah. the average. Oh, yeah, much, much harder to invest in, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, so Unity, uh, was super, super groundbreaking. Um, and eventually, you know, they were able to compete with other engines uh, over time to force other things like Unreal to go um, to a royalty model where they uh, like if you make a game using Unreal um, above a million dollars, I believe, is the amount Unreal charges you a royalty. So they just mm -hmm. take like five percent. I believe so. Yeah. I think it's five percent of your I think so. revenue. I think I, d I, d I, I don't, don't think know. it's it might profit. Be gross. Oh yeah. yeah, it might be. It gross. sounds like it makes more sense to do uh like a yeah a gross total of how much you make based yeah, rather on yeah. than like profit. rather than a piece off of each sale. Oh like yeah, it yeah. Get, it has to be. Yeah. It has to be revenue or gross, right? Because yeah. you can release a game, be unprofitable, but you need, uh, Unreal still going to want their cheddar. Exactly, um, exactly. So yeah, there's no. You're not going to milk a rock, you know. But also, so, like, yeah. I mean, the bigger studios, they definitely don't pay five percent. They pay less than that. I'm sure there's like a lot of backroom deals. Not backroom. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, any any business organ like uh, does they're going to negotiate organization yeah. stuff. Yeah. 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 yeah um this so, company was like uh, well we're already generating passive revenue from this whole setup <laughs> how do we uh invent new sources of revenue which can only come from those people <laughs> so, by just <laughs> making up new rules yeah yeah so uh the the interest the, the important thing though is that the way that unity worked uh was not royalty based even if other engines started to go royalty based, Unity, the way that it worked was the legacy way of, uh, I think, up to $200,000, you didn't do anything or you didn't owe them anything. Above that, you had to pay for a license. Um, and I think that that's just how it worked. Uh, up and there were more. Uh, there were more like steps. You had to pay more the more money you you've made. Yeah. Like, it's different uh, licenses, sort of, sort of something thing. like that 
Um, and uh, in 2015, the CEO of Unity made the claim that like Unity was never going to charge a royalty. Uh, well, they actually claimed thought. that in the past. I didn't know that. I did. Yeah, yeah. most businesses claim lies. Yeah. Well, yeah. But <laughs> especially the CEO. Let's fast forward. I think that pretty much covers everything that's interesting about Unity yeah, that's up a until good summary of Unity. Like last week, right? So last mm. week, uh, Unity um, actually, mm, let's set the stage a little bit more. A couple years ago, I think two years ago at this point, Unity decided to change from being a private company to a public company, um, which means that they uh, they IPO'd, they started releasing stocks, uh, you can trade it on the stock market, et cetera, et cetera. answer to a board of people who don't this actually isn't understand the market. <laughs> yep. I was going to say, yep. this is an incentive structure that famously improves companies. Mm -hmm. so <laughs> I mean, Unity, it improves their profit. <laughs> Unity IPO'd at $75. Um, That's not too since, bad, actually. Since then, uh, okay, so a bunch of shit happened, and today the stock price is $31. That's um, bad. <laughs> that's yeah. bad. That's but it's never been bad. above 75 <laughs> 75 was, I think... I have no idea what the max is, but the important thing is that Unity has bled money, like... Absolutely terrible performance. Um, it's good that their CEO managed to get all their stocks sold before this happened. <laughs> oh, actually, I'm I mean, I'm wrong. They well, did we, peak at uh, 101 uh, and 91 somewhere around. Oh, there. my gosh. We shouldn't. Uh, uh, yeah. I just I just want to interject here. The, the story about the CEO selling stocks is a headline that has been uh, explored very deeply but understood very poorly by most people yeah so we should hold off on talking about that until we get to the point where it's relevant because there is much more to that mm -hmm. story than the knee-jerk reaction of that headline implies agree yeah, it's not it's not well, a selling insider trading it's 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 not i don't think it's insider trading i think no it's it's, a, uh, it's an indicator of their attitude towards i feel anyway yeah. an indicator of their <laughs> attitude towards the company it's also so just anyway not just uh, the CEO, which is which yeah, is the yeah. whole, but yeah. <laughs> so last week, um, Unity uh, decided, like all other tech companies right now, which are extremely hurting for cash, uh, <laughs> that they needed to up their revenue. Um, Everyone's broke. <laughs> like, yeah, every American everyone that relies on venture capital is really fucked right now. What but happened? anyway, so Unity uh, decided to um, change their uh, change their pricing scheme to introduce royalties, <laughs> and the way that they introduced royalties was fucking absurd. Uh oh, mm -hmm. they decided to charge you uh, twenty cents per installation of your game uh once you crossed two hundred thousand dollars in revenue um for context yeah, yeah for context, context here for people who don't understand how big a number 20 cents is uh 20 cents sounds like nothing but like just use let's using my my experience for example like film royalties are like 
like really famous actors who make a lot of money off of films that they are in make like a fraction of a cent per purchase yeah. of a film. So the idea that that a game studio would owe 20 cents per install, not purchase, install. not user either. It's every time yeah. a user installs it on any machine should should give you a, a grasp of the scale. Because uh, uh, one mm -hmm. of the other things that I've noticed is that a lot of people reacting to this news went like, it's just 20 cents. Who cares? Well, but like 20 cents. The internet knows is, math. Yeah. <laughs> a I mean, lot on the, of money. On the <laughs> like, flip side, this absolutely exploded to with randos that don't know anything about Unity because it's so immediately apparent how absurd the idea is. Yes. That you charge for mm -hmm. every install you ever make, which means that yes. like even though no money is passing hands, you can keep charging the developer money. Like mm -hmm. you essentially force the developer to have a transaction with the uh, the engine maker every time you for free install a game while not being part of the agreement, so you have no stake in that choice and can just keep doing that just because you're yeah. like a little mm -hmm. too reckless with your install choices or something or have too many like steam decks or whatever it's like it's, it's a, it, was, it was a wild premise or if you're doing it on purpose like imagine people just want to harass yeah people were developer. talking about how like gamergate style people could yeah, intentionally 100%. target oh, people easily. by going yeah, out of their yeah, way yeah, to, was... to charge money for them yeah my first thought it's was just... to weaponize it that was like the easiest yeah. i mean yeah, yeah that's the do. first yeah absolutely it's just worth can, like looking at that scale and like again not to not to press the point but like you know Tom Cruise or whoever big movie star you want to think about like a good royalty payout for them on a single movie they work on is like you get 0.005% of all sales mm -hmm. like that's like a holy shit like that's like that's a payout you know in perpetuity mm -hmm. fucking unity wanted 20 cents per install it is just on its face insane math. You wouldn't yeah. install a video game. Install, yeah. <laughs> and the, like yeah. the worst thing, I don't know if you're going to, I'm going to let you keep talking about it, Bird. Sorry. So I'm not going to get to the worst thing. You get it to the worst thing. Oh, there's so many worst things. <laughs> there's so many worst things. <laughs> don't you worry. There is, there is so much to unpack here. So obviously people were saying like you could be malicious um, about doing this. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, just to again state the obvious, um, per install, you know, uh, if you uninstall the game because hey, it broke or you're just making disk space and then decide to play it again later, uh, the developer has to pay multiple times for you every time you do that, which is a totally normal thing that everyone's going to do at least a little bit of. So you're a bad um, person for installing games. Yeah. If you're yeah, if you want to be malicious, <laughs> if you want to be malicious, you can fire up, um, uh, a script and then you can do things like use virtual machines all sorts of tech um yep. and you can just fire you can up just a script where all you do is just keep installing the game over and over and over again yeah. uh and you can probably reasonably install a game uh like hundreds a couple of times, of times per hour like, you know yeah, like yeah. let's say at least 10 times per hour uh if it's a 20 dollar game within a day you can mm -hmm. be costing the developer money. Is it 
Do, you, do we know? Sorry, well, do we know if it's based on downloads and installs, or is it just? No, no, it's just just, just installs. installs. Yeah. So like when the execute, <laughs> like the exe runs. Yes. Yeah. Oh man, so you could completed. Dockerize that. You could literally yeah, yeah. Dockerize that 100%. and make it swarm yeah. in like under a second. Oh, oh my well, god. The yeah. other the other thing about this was the lack of clarity <laughs> because I know a lot of developers were like, "Wait, does this affect test builds? Does this affect? Mm -hmm. Does this affect us in house? Like, are we?" Is our internal installs on playtest and dev machines and us pushing to prod and stuff like that going to count against us? And Unity never answered the question. They did now. They did answer it now. They clarified a okay. little bit around demos yeah, and they, around yes, they, certain, gotcha. certain they, like that. Yeah, they pretty much said it's only for release builds. So only for mm -hmm. like absolute yeah. public available. You probably need to activate like a thing. The, yeah. I, but I, the yeah, question I, is I how do you that. how do you quantify that? And that's part of the thing that was never fully clarified is like, Correct. okay, yes. if we're using release candidate builds in house for testing, you know, especially fucked, yeah. for PC releases, like that's going to count against us. We're not, we're using <laughs> them on not black boxed machines. Yeah. That's going to count I, against you. I'm imagining it's probably like as you, when you export to public release, it puts a key in there and that key is what it recognizes as like how many installs yeah. or whatever. Whereas if you do it like as a private build, you just have to make a public dash private build export yeah. to send that to <laughs> well, everyone. Like, that doesn't really even, um, you don't do that, right? Like yeah. that's too much lift for a company to be oh, like, absolutely. Yeah, uh, no, doing that sort of thing. Like on your private machines, you install <laughs> the public version of the game every time. Yeah. So every time a person makes a change to the game and submits it, there is an internal build on that is on Steam that you normally can't find, but it is on Steam that gets updated and is installed on like build and test machines every time anybody submits a change. So it could be hundreds of times per day that's yeah. that an install is happening on your internal computer. And there was no clarification about this at all in their original <laughs> thing. <laughs> it's it's wild. Um, it uh, sorry. I I think like the, the motivation behind them doing this, besides just you know getting more stream, uh, revenue streams, is they have uh, the, Unity is trying to compete and growing the mo its mobile user base, and um, mm -hmm. yeah, obviously it's it's a very powerful engine for mobile games. Uh, but the the problem the problem with mo uh, mobile games is that they are usually free and monetized mm -hmm. up, uh, you know, a posteriori, which means that royalties cannot apply easily or cannot apply, uh, you know, it, it doesn't make any sense to apply royalties to the sales that you get on the games themselves because they're all free. Uh, so, right, I get what you mean. And yeah, people... so I think that's where they're coming from. They, they just want to yeah. tax free games being installed on a mobile phone. And, and I don't that's, think they know what the hell they're trying to get out of this. Yeah, that's true. I think the goal is just money. Like, they, <laughs> well, it's, yeah, a, it's yeah. a way that they can attempt to gain money, and it sounds good in a boardroom when you don't talk to any other person. Like, it just... Whenever I, that's the thing is, so many tech companies keep, keep making choices like this, and every single time I'm always like, did they genuinely never anticipate the response or even the questions they would receive? No, or are they no. just playing so, dumb? <laughs> No, the politics behind this are actually way more complicated and interesting. And this is something I can speak to. Yeah. So uh, in the United States, uh, when you are a public company, you are beholden to uh, 
what is basically referred to as the needs of shareholders. If a company is held in contempt of the needs of the board and the shareholders, uh, they are liable for all sorts of legal ramifications and fees. So don't go public. If for, yeah. So by <laughs> going public, let's say 50,000 crypto, crypto bros go like, we want more money. We need you to get the shares up. And then Unity does something that directly le leads to, even if it's like them ignoring the board uh, or ignoring the shareholders because they believe, they know in their heart of hearts that like this is actually not going to go over well, the board and the shareholders can still hold them in contempt of their needs, the, the, the concerns of the shareholders, because they didn't listen to basically the people who actually own the company which is the people who own mm -hmm. the majority shares mm -hmm. so unity this is part of why people like the ceo and the other high-ranking uh individuals at the company flushing their shares before this went public is such a big story because it shows that there was internal strife at the company because the people who were in charge at the company level were saying this probably is not a good idea uh, no matter, you know, it's very easy to point to John Riccatello, who was the CEO of EA, like one of the most money grubbing people in the world and say, like, he's out of touch. Like he put microtransactions and he wanted people to pay for ammo reloads like it's all his fault. <laughs> but a lot of these decisions point to this idea that, like, basically everyone in charge at Unity knew this was not going to go over well. But and just to quantify that, there's like 20 public records of individual people outside of John that all sold at like roughly the same time. Yes, they, John all at the is same time. The top of yeah, how much he was not the biggest seller. Yeah, yeah, it was insane how many of them did. So basically all of this happened and yet the changes still went through. So what do we take from that from a market research and from like an insider perspective? Well, that indicates that there were people even above them saying, this needs to happen. We need to diversify revenue. If this doesn't change, then we pull out. Then we, you know, go after you for tanking the company. Like, as Bird said earlier, Unity has been pouring money down the drain for years. Like, this is this is years and years and years and years. Uh, they've actually become more profitable since John Riccatello joined mm -hmm. uh, than they were before. So, like... The fact that this went through and all of these people in charge tried to flush their money, their stake in the company, just shows that internally there was a ton of strife around this decision and, and people realized there was writing on the wall um, and that it was coming down from even higher up. So that's the reason why things like this happen. Um, it's very easy to look at events like this from the outside and say like, oh, well, they're just out of touch CEOs, you know, forcing a change through. Usually this isn't the case. Like people forget that corporations have thousands of employees, most of them paid specifically to tell the CEO not to make bad decisions. Um, yeah. So it is it's, very, it's very more unlikely. That, it's more the idea that publicly corporate, publicly traded corporations as a concept just kind of don't work. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and and I mean, the thing and part of that is because of venture capital and because of these competing interests that are yeah. able to strong arm decisions and and in uh, enforce influence from outside of an industry perspective. 
um, you know, we do not live in the 1940s where the goal, the goal of the stock market now is to invest in products that you believe in uh, and that you like you like the products of. The goal is to pump and dump as much as you can to make as much money out of them as possible. Um, and so a lot of these decisions come through from competing shareholders from influence when i say influencers i don't mean like tiktok influencers i mean like venture <laughs> capitalists trying to to make money off of these things uh and so like there has been a lot of ire and a lot of uh scrutiny put on people like john riccatello and i'm not saying he doesn't deserve that he absolutely does the dude is is just the fucking 100%. worst but mm -hmm. A lot of scrutiny has been put on them, which has actually obscured the real story of what is going on here, which is one of like massive internal strife, shareholder pressure, board pressure, mm -hmm. investor pressure. Like well, there that's are not gonna, that's not going to look very good for a yeah. giant comp, a corporation based uh, economy. Exactly. And so people people look at this and they go they want to look at this the bad guy and we're trained by media and we're trained by our low level Twitter political discourse of understanding how business <laughs> works to be like the CEO is rich and he lines his pockets and he's a bad guy. But uh, but actually business is way more fucking complicated than that. Mm -hmm. And uh, the buck does not stop there. Uh, so yeah. that's kind of the interesting aspect of of this and of of that part that I was kind of talking about earlier is that simply looking at John Riccatello selling all of his shares does not tell the whole story, uh, the whole story of what actually happened there. But it was yeah. good that he sold it while he did because he did get a way better deal on it than he would have. <laughs> oh, so. it was it was a masterful decision. <laughs> yes, very good decision. Mm -hmm. Like if I if I had heard it coming, I too as an employee would have been like, well, all right, I can spare with like all of my shares. I guess. <laughs> like honestly, yeah. I would I would also be updating my LinkedIn, but that's a different story. <laughs> <laughs> well, a lot of people yeah. don't have to because Unity's done what two rounds of layoffs in the past year and a half or something. Yes, yeah. it's yeah. been bad. That's the thing like amid, amid all of this that we're discussing there's like yeah i understand that the the higher-ups have can see the the, the writing on the wall but they're mm -hmm. not the ones that get fucked they get to sell the shares at the high or a little bit yeah. higher than they would be and the the people yeah. uh the bottom lose their jobs or or yeah or just have to work for crappy cra yeah and, and, and unrewarding situations Anecdotally speaking, um, just to compliment what Toaster said about like a lot of top-down pressure, uh, on the bottom-up side of things, like there were a lot of people in Unity who have anonymously made these statements saying like that uh, a lot of people were aware of this uh, and were pretty desperately saying, "Don't do this." Like the the <laughs> ground, like not just the people at the top, but a lot of people in basically everywhere in the company had yeah. different degrees of thinking like um on this and a lot of people kind of thought that it would never happen because it was yeah. such a patently bad idea um and then when it did happen a lot of people have anonymously said that it like shocked them because they thought that nobody would actually go through with this and they thought that they had convinced leadership not to do it but they didn't yeah but or i don't rather, think leadership has the leadership option. that's the real problem yeah. here is yeah. that it's not yeah. up to them so every ceo right there i said this before but uh, um in discord but uh every ceo out there right now is fighting for their lives um because so many tech companies have just gotten annihilated 
um, in the stock market until relatively recently uh, due to rising interest rates. Um, and just to kind of briefly explain why that, that works is like the, the Fed raises interest rates, so venture capital can make uh, 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 the it, investors can choose to invest in either the U.S. government by buying bonds or they can invest in private mm -hmm. companies. When the Fed raises interest rates, it becomes more attractive to investor money uh, in bonds in the U.S. government. That's the that's the quickest summary I can give. That's why when people say interest rates and venture capital money are related, that's how they're related. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I mean, uh, going back to like the nature of how bad this install scheme is, there were other aspects like uh, every time you streamed a game using their platform WebGL, uh, which allowed you to play games in a browser Man, itself, Unity, they charged you. <laughs> they charged you for that stream. So every time you played a browser game, um, the developer was going to get charged for that. And the way that browser games work is that it, it doesn't store the game at all. So every time you would sit down to play it, it would count as an install. Yeah, it was it's a different rate, but it would still be like three cents. I think three or four cents. No, it was the same. It was the same rate. Twenty cents. I, are you sure? What? Twenty mm -hmm. cents yeah. for a fucking stream of a game? Because I saw a table. I'm, I might be wrong, but I saw a table that. Um, well, the, the, the my takeaway was uh, slightly different, or in the sense of my takeaway was regarding something else. Uh, which is there's different lay or levels at uh, the, how much money gets or was or is going to be charged per install, yeah. um, and uh, it's uh, above two hundred, uh, so above two hundred thousand dollars of revenue, uh, you pay twenty cents per install. But if you get, I think it's like above a half a million, you pay I think seventeen or sixteen cents. And I don't have the table in front of me, so I can't really quote it. But basically, yeah. it gets uh, less. That you, it, you get to put space off of license. Yeah, it's based on the license tier. But it goes yeah. down. The price goes down at the more profit you have, which is just absurd. Yes. Because yeah. that's not how... I mean, that's how capitalism that's how, works. Uh, I but, mean, that's but, how Epic currently does stuff, too, where, yeah. you know, the the higher... Uh, the more sales you get, the higher cut you, you receive um, from your payout. It's actually a pretty common industry thing, just yeah. bulk by uh, licensure. Is, is, like, economic but, terrorism a thing? Can we make that a thing? Like that's what that. Uh, is. Yeah, it's called capitalism. Yeah, it's called... <laughs> oh, that's not fair. You can't just no, no, paint I think an it, entire I think group you're about... of uh, economic <laughs> economy. I can. It's <laughs> easy. I thought you were talking about economic. Uh, we need economic. to liberate this economy. <laughs> like I, you I think if economic... anyone here is qualified to paint a type of economy as as economic terrorism, it would be me, given that I literally work in economic research. <laughs> yeah, but like if you think about, I was I thought I thought uh, Andrew was talking the other way around because eco terrorists are not the people burning down the forests; they are the ones protecting the forests. So or, economic or... eco. I know, I know, but what yeah, I'm saying no, is, no. An <laughs> is an economic terrorist like a like a, a union worker or or maybe a, you know, a, a really... I mean, it, I'm going to say yes, because that's a hilarious yeah. thought. It depends on who's president at the time. That will answer your question. Right. Yeah. Uh, but, okay, so, so Unity is, Unity is like into... driving this train off the, off the cliff yeah. here. Just as yeah. a background warning, so uh, Bird's bit. already two-thirds out of time. Yeah. So, so let's talk a little bit soon. about what an install is. 
Yes, um, install. An install uh, is defined by Unity as an installation. Um, okay. okay. They, <laughs> good, good start. Good start. They provided no uh, information about how they were going to track installs outside. I thought they said of... an AI was going to do it, right? Oh, no. Oh, <laughs> they have no. a system that's used to detect fraud. And what they claimed oh, okay. is that this system used to detect fraud would be reused to track installations. That doesn't Sounds make dubious. any fucking sense. <laughs> um, if you've used software at all, you should know that making a program do anything other than what it currently does is extremely hard. <laughs> Repurposing well, that's more anything right? is fucking hard. Um, so that's what they said was basically that um, it, it, it was summarized as trust me, bro. And that's honestly not all that far off. Uh, people would say, like, can I GDPR to see, like, what you're doing <laughs> for installs, like how you're tracking this stuff. Like, that's the level of desperation that came to because nobody knew how Unity was saying that they were going to track it. And the answer um, was no, you can't GDPR yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> well, mostly because of the so, safeguards that GDPR has. Yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> this was just uh, through and through fucking terrible. Uh, there were some there were some other crazy things that came out of this. Um, Unity said that they would not uh, charge uh, charge you if your game was being um, if you were donating your profits to charity. So uh, the That's issue nice. is that not a whole lot of games really do that and go above that threshold, except for a couple. Uh, and one That's in particular donates to Planned Parenthood. And they reached out to Unity and they were like, my charity of choice is Planned Parenthood. Does that qualify for like um, being exempt from this policy? And Unity said no. Oh, Unity my said God. said that Planned Parenthood <laughs> is not a charity. Of course it is a did. political group. A and political group. Holy it is political not group. It is exempt. It is not exempt. <laughs> the gamers Wait. once again said there's t there are two genders, men and political. <laughs> Wait a second. So, yeah. so Unity reserves the right to designate what a charity counts as. <laughs> yeah. So and I bet only... I bet a lot of those wow, charities that's... are literally like packs, like political. Yeah. What is so lobbying can groups? Because you... that's, that's that's majority wild. of charities. Okay. <laughs> All right. So. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's why. That's yeah. Of course, that's wild. Okay, so charities are exempt from this. That's that would be except nice for Planned Parenthood. Hey, except for Planned the... Parenthood, which is fine. That's I guess. <laughs> but if you donate to Breaker you, that's fine. That's a charity. Oh, well, it's an educational system. You can't that would uh, an educational uh, system. I love. Uh, I, I I read a uh, I read a headline on Friday uh, this last Friday um, that um, they walked back some of the you know some of the controversial changes to the the mm -hmm. license agreement uh and i like like i was well informed enough to for this not to be a surprise but i can imagine some people would would react differently so one of the things that they have walked back is that uh these changes will not apply to previously published games and i'm sure a lot oh, of people are right. listening to us right now and they're like wait a minute they were gonna apply to games that are published already. oh yeah <laughs> because several games, games, were, like, several games are talking about taking God. themselves down oh 100 mm -hmm. yeah, like yeah, games were yeah. going to go away Oh, well, of course mm -hmm. they would. I, I, I yeah. Yeah, I'm I saw tweets from developers right. that have relatively they're at least well-known games, and they were like, "Better grab our game this year because it's going away next year." 
I would be. Yeah, I'm, so I'm shocked to yeah. see that Steam wouldn't step in and be like, "Excuse me, you're hurting my revenue stream. What is happening?" <laughs> like, oh my god. Um, I don't think. I don't. Yeah, think I forgot to mention uh, that this all applied retroactively starting on January of next year. So if your game, uh, if you never updated months. Unity, if you, <laughs> even if you updated to the new version of Unity, uh, it's still. Even if you didn't update to the new version of Unity, this still would apply to you. How um, I don't so, know. Sorry, can I ask how how does it apply? Because it has to be it has it to can track that. Yeah, how are they tracking yeah. this? How are they tracking yeah. the? I don't know. Like I'm thinking of like know. a shitty SCP game that was made in 2010. Like well, how the hell are they tracking this? I mean, no no step of this process was designed to be functional. That's okay, cool. no. Right. Like all the people there, who had to implement it also knew it couldn't you, happen. But, yeah, um, I like the idea of a toothless threat. Threat where they're like, "We're gonna charge you," and it's like, "Okay, try me." And they're like, "Well, it's not million dollars." It's not toothless it's like, though. They shot themselves in the foot. But, That's but like... they can't prove it. They, there's no way they could actually prove how much They'll, someone owes. A... You could just go to court no. and be like, "Okay, give I think me that's the receipt." On... I think like, that's on purpose, so they can charge whatever no, they want. But you still can win a lawsuit if they can't produce a fucking receipt. If if you go that's to a true. judge and say, I, this person's saying I owe $2 million, where's the proof? And they go, well, a robot decide. is like, robot my ass, where the fucking receipt's at? How many <laughs> installs did I do? Like, I'm not going to listen to some dumbass bargain bin robot who's just going to sit there but and be like, whatever you want, master, precedence. $2 million. There's precedence for that, at least in the no, in the U.S. That's the thing. Precedence. There isn't. I don't think any other system in the world has ever like de designated a profit system through an artificial intelligence, like an AI just guesses how many sh downloads you've had and then charges you a, a like based on that. I, Who I the think fuck a knows lot of how they're going to track it. They never said yeah, anything. Like, like really, a business, uh, they probably have your world. Every business I mean, in the world would be doing that if you could do that. I would go to, like, Safeway, and they would charge me $100 for, like, eggs. They would say, like, oh, the AI assumed that you bought 500 eggs. Like, yeah. yeah. No spoiler way. alert, <laughs> the newest pricing scheme, uh, without getting into any details about how it's different mechanically, uh, you self-report your revenue now. I, I sold to one me, game. That's, that's an admission <laughs> that they never had a they didn't have the tools to do this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> self-reporting i don't yeah, know how they ever could have in the history of ever they probably I mean, have i don't know how they could have either it's, it's <laughs> they, on they, its face absurd i'm <laughs> sure they, they have, claim they, they could have, i'm sure it's like buried in every single eula we just don't read them but there's probably data that we're sending every time we install or run a, a, a unity game that we're sending no, to like, unity directly but you still have to but again that is possible if you would have done that in the beginning like you would have mm -hmm. had to have known. They probably have, wanted right? To... No, they didn't. That's the they thing. Didn't. I'm telling you, there's no fucking way that they had the foresight to think of this. You idea, know, just just basic, it. just basic. Yeah. You know, call home functionality. So they they, they probably had, that? they probably had telemetry and stuff like that in place, and then convinced themselves that telemetry would work for this. But, but that, yeah, yeah that's didn't make but it that's purpose. Not... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They can track fraud, basically. Yeah. They're trying to reuse telemetry for a new purpose, and it's like, okay, is that going to work? How do we? How, does it seem like Unity themselves trust enough in their system to do that? I well, don't think they did. I mean, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I think I think Unity had a system, and someone said mm -hmm. use that, and then someone went, uh, sure, I guess we'll try yeah. that. <laughs> like, <laughs> so this obviously, like what what Keith was saying, this got a shit ton of pushback from developers. Um, some of it was hilarious. 
Uh, I remember the creators of Cult of the Lamb put out a joke tweet. That's the one. Yeah, People yeah. took it seriously. This was, in fact, a joke tweet. They said, better download our game because we're taking it off of Steam January 1st. That's a they very bad serious, idea if, you th but... if it's supposed to be a joke. <laughs> no, well, it's a good idea because people it, get their games. Goes, if it goes well, no, it's, it's a bad idea because, one, it, it becomes public consciousness that your game's going away. But also, if, they, if a bunch of people buy it based on that false premise, then you could potentially get sued, I think. They took the tweet yeah. down. Um... Because yeah, people didn't realize it was a joke, but yeah. Yeah, that spread like fuck. If, if, if there's several reasons that tweet is bad, if it's taken sincerely and isn't sincere, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. So they they were one of the first people to one of the first pretty well known companies to really react to this. Uh, the the Devolver Digital put out a vague tweet where they were like, uh, "It's very important to tell us which engine you use uh, when at, when seeking a uh, a contract." <laughs> Some to that effect. Wow. Which, when you read between the lines, they're basically saying we're most likely not going to take Unity games from now on. Like, I, if I were I, them, I would have devastating. That. It's vague. That's like but I think that's really what devastating. Because <laughs> mm -hmm. the, the thing is, they can walk back everything. They can say, okay, guys, no, that's fine. We don't do anything. It's fine. It's the same as before. But the cat mm -hmm. is out of the box. They have broken all trust with the, with the, with the publishers and with the, certainly yeah. with the developers. And yeah, and if you it's... piss off your developers, that's one thing. And when you piss off your publishers, oh, that's that yeah. is so bad. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think what's interesting too is that it isn't just that they broke trust in an economy where they're the only resource. They uh -huh. broke trust yeah. in an economy where there are multiple other well-documented, fully featured, easily accessible engines that anyone can just switch to. And that's not to say that it's not going to be a learning hurdle or, you know, whatever. But like, yeah. we have Godot, we have Unreal, we have fucking, if you want to make a 2D game, fucking make it in Game Maker. Like, it's fine. Like, you can, mm -hmm. I guess who's you can still easily around? RPG access RPG Maker's things. still there. Go back. <laughs> it's looming. <laughs> good. <laughs> it's like, good these days, actually. And it's just, there is a wealth of, I think there's, uh, I think there's one called like Battle Eye is another one. There's just there's like a lot of accessible and they're not a monopoly and that is yeah. the downfall. <laughs> like so so it this isn't just a case of like oh no they broke our trust but we're stuck with them so we may as well just keep using them. Yeah, this, this is a Adobe. like yeah exactly it's not an Adobe situation. This is very much a like well bye <laughs> you know like just wave, <laughs> wave goodbye to him this isn't you know 2005 anymore where where unity is the only option you have to make an indie game certainly unity is is ubiquitous and very well documented and has tons of plugins and assets like that but the same thing can be said about unreal you know mm -hmm. oh um, yeah, yeah unreal and, is just as just as like wealth uh there is enough wealth of people telling you how to use unity as there is epic or uh, as unreal and Godot and yeah RPG, but maker. also like, there are, yeah, it's hard to not to be in the dark when you choose a new engine. You're not going to be like, oh, I don't know what to do. But mm -hmm. it's, you also yeah. have to consider that game development is a little bit different uh, than nor other production environments. Yeah. So if you're yeah. just making a producing a video, you need you need certain encoders. You need to be able to work with cameras or all the. There's a bunch of requirements that are kind of stactic for the moment, and but you just yeah. sort of settle down and you have that. Game development is a little bit different because you always are like not necessarily always, but if you're at the bleeding edge, if you're 
making proper games, you're pushing the boundaries. So if you yeah. if you go for a different engine, engine it's fine because you're gonna be always riding the wave, as it were. And mm -hmm. especially for bigger companies, obviously, because you know the resources are different there. Yeah, but I think are. I think what the people that get they get the most affected with this um, are the and it might it might actually change some aspects of the industry, but they're they're the the small like. In uh, either low budget or low mm -hmm. scripting skill developers that just you know because you you know it's it's an easy start it's a, Unity is a, uh, an easy place to start and they just they're, they're gonna they, they probably should look elsewhere honestly and it the, might be a little bit harder. The nice thing in some sense about that though is that the com the, the the teams and companies that were most likely going to get hit by this uh, tend to be on the smaller side uh, with smaller games. So mm -hmm. it is less effort for them to switch over to a new engine than if you asked Hearthstone or Genshin Impact to like yeah. flip to a new engine. Um, yeah. So there is that aspect as well. And there are uh, anecdotes of a couple of devs um, of, of pretty decent sized games. Uh, I personally have never heard of them, but when I looked at them, I'm like, yeah, that's a bit of work. Who flipped from Unity to Godot in like a week. Um, yep. Damn. So... It's not like Unity to Godot is relatively easy to do because it's all C sharp, basically. Uh, mm, Unity oh, to yeah. Unreal is a bit of a pain in the ass, but it's not. Uh, if you already know Unreal, then it's really not too bad. If you're learning Unreal for the first time, that's going to get pretty dicey. But it's doable yeah. in a couple of months if your game's small enough and you decide to crunch your ass to get it done. <laughs> Look, let's not beat around the bush. All creative types are used to uh, immediate failure of tools and having to relearn and redo things all That's the fucking time. So you'll get fair, used to it. Very fair. Yeah. Does, <laughs> does Unreal use C++ instead of C Sharp? Yeah, it's C++. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's only a C++ student. Yes. Yeah, um, uh, probably more powerful <laughs> for optimization, though. Yeah, this is yeah, what my teacher said when I got C's as well. This is At, so unrelated, but I just want to say as a, a non-developer, it took me forever to learn that C++ and C Sharp are different things because I just always <laughs> read the plus plus as someone not knowing the hash mark existed and making That's a little really hash funny. mark. With That's with like really with funny. two plus signs. Hey, this is I granted, this is like when I was like, you know, 10, 12 yeah, years old, like reading 12, about it on yeah. forums and stuff. But That's it took awesome. me until I was like an adult to know that like, oh, C plus plus and C sharp are different things. That's are they so the same funny. key on, on the US keyboard? No, no they're just they're no. I mean one's just a plus and one's a, a hashtag, but it, it just it oh, it just it read, read to me. Yeah, yeah it cool it read to cool me way. as a like uh as like someone like you know just not understanding like a false cognate of some kind yeah mm -hmm. funny the nelson mandela of c sharp so another aspect to all this that i think is pretty amusing um toaster and i and a bunch of people we were taking bets on oh uh, what's the <laughs> yep. thing they're gonna walk back to that we think is the real thing they're actually trying to to get you on with their new pricing mm -hmm. thing mm -hmm. uh, do you think this was, was all a new, a new coke thing <laughs> Well, yeah, you just yeah, you no just go, you always go hard at first, and then you go like, man, oh, I can't believe everybody hates no, that. You well, we'll don't. leave everything in place but this one thing. No, you absolutely look at Amazon do. Prime. Look yeah, at Amazon Prime. Everything. They're up, they're upping their price, mm -hmm. but they're like, oh, if you don't want to pay the new price, you can get ads if you want. They say other words, but it's that's basically what well, it is. You have to, different mm -hmm. industries have different 
dumb idiots yeah. running them. So those yeah. dumb idiots come That's from not different always, fields. Is what I'm saying. It's, like it's. Going well, hard sure. at first it, to walk back is like I think that's a dangerous strategy, honestly. I think especially most, yeah, the, this is this is a habit most tech companies do. They will come out yes. swinging real hard, and then someone will go like punching back in the face, and they'll go, "Whoa, bro, whoa! I was just joking. Like it was actually <laughs> just a prank." And then yeah. they stab you in the gut, and you're like, "Well, what the fuck, then?" <laughs> like what, we've what we've you... listened to your complaints, and mm-hmm. this is what yeah. we're actually rolling. You know, like that's very yeah. much what it is. That's so we were taking bets yeah. on it. We thought it was going to be AI because the newest yeah. version mm. of Unreal uh, comes equipped with their Not generative Unity. embed. Sorry, Unity. thank you. Uh, their generative um, AI called uh, Um I was wrong. Uh, I thought so. I thought it would be like they roll it back, and it's like, okay, Sentus is now this credit baits thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're charged, uh, or like you're charged every time you use it, but like above a certain amount, you can get credits and it's like less expensive. I thought it was gonna be something like that. Um, I was slightly wrong. What it actually ends up being is that, uh, if you opt into using Unity services, uh, you would get a credit that way. So if it's like all of your game servers are hosted on Unity's proprietary game server thing, all of your accounts, all your player accounts go to Unity's player accounts. All of your data is stored on Unity's um, data platform, everything like that. And, you know, that's all the cloud computing stuff. And cloud computing is a well-known, incredible cash cow with vendor lock-in like moving data out from Unity into a Unity Cloud into AWS, for example, would be really, really hard. Um, yep. Venture, venture like, lock-in, Jesus. And yeah. the the other aspect of this is that it just gives, like if the end goal of this was to diversify revenue streams, that becomes a revenue stream. Yes. The reason for that is by locking into a platform, you are able to get analytics, which you can then sell um not just in terms of big data sales but in terms of like well you want to know what players will be most likely to play your game buy our player data and we can show you and you can target them and like stuff like that so (laughs) bird bird. that's how they work too is like this a la carte by usage thing so it's like okay all my data's on there and they're like hey your data's on there what about mm-hmm. this feature? What about this feature? And then they're like, oh, it's only this amount per 1 million usage. And then sooner yep. or later, your monthly cloud bill is fucking up to your eyeballs. Yeah. I mean, and part of this so is stuff. Yeah. Tiered, tiered platforming is very big in service as a service industries. And um, I mean, it's I mean, this is something literally I work in like, you know, you're mm-hmm. always trying to incentivize buyers to be like, all right, well, you have you have an account with us. And like, let's say let's say you bought this yeah. license. Well, with this license, you're you're in um, our premium bronze tier and that will give you access to this <laughs> dashboard and this dashboard. But if you if you upgrade to buying, you know, this license and that license, well, you'll get a credit and that gives you up to premium silver tier, which gives you access to, you know, 45 reports rather than just 10. Mm-hmm. And like, mm-hmm. you know, you just constantly build on top of a service on top of a service. So Bird says, Bird, you said you were wrong about your predictions, but really the only thing you were wrong about was it wasn't to get people into the AI suite. Yeah. The AI suite is just part of their tiered platform, which is, right. it, 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 you know, you're just looking, you were looking a little bit too myopically. 
the whole thing <laughs> is that now every single tier has its own benefit and they're trying to get mm-hmm. people into this ecosystem that they can then further monetize as a service as a service if that makes if sense this, it's just if this uh, it's so predatory seems, if this explanation seems really stupid and confusing and almost comically stupid to you um, <laughs> you should read the book it's you not just book stupid it's also stupid oh yes uh, <laughs> a company is a great book that explains like just how fucking moronic business to business sales are like it's just mm-hmm. such a in fucking infuriatingly stupid system of commerce yeah. that no one interacts with well, <laughs> you well you bring up a really good point here though andrew and that's that this whole thing like i think i think the thing that took unity by surprise by this is that that consumers in the target demographic sense reacted so strongly to this yes because this is by and large a change that does not affect you know you and me it affects bird yeah you know and it, it affects you know other developers and stuff but like andrew and i shouldn't be sitting here giving a shit about this but we did and like people yeah, by and large did the thing about this is that this was primarily a b2b move business to business yeah and the the weird thing about this though is that unity is not in a space where it can really do that because unity operates in a strange gray area where technically its clients are businesses but the businesses are its consumer level yeah purchasers yeah, so, you, you made the mistake of fucking with people whose entire revenue stream comes from like an, a, a quasi parasocial relationship with their customers yes. like yes, they need to exactly. be really yes. intimate they with basically their fucked with youtubers <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly and so because you fuck with somebody who's like oh well i know you love my game and i love you guys but i'm canceling the game people are like i'm gonna fucking kill unity and they're like wait what yeah. why are you gonna kill me why the guy the guy canceled it it's like yeah but it's your fault it's like oh wait <laughs> that yeah. wasn't the that wasn't the end result so yeah yeah it's, i it's- think <laughs> with with that too though i mean the bigger thing is that like unity's the way unity's model works its customers are not all big businesses most of them are are joe schmo making a game in his garage like it's 1995 and so when we talk about business versus consumers on a market level like for my job uh we when we talk about business to business we are talking about like okay you are you are dealing with two like me as a legal entity selling to you as a legal incorporated entity um, yeah. And the, the rules around that and the, the strategies around that and the way that your basically your capitalism works when doing that is fundamentally different than when you are selling to a consumer, which is someone who is just like an individual data point. Um, and mm-hmm. the way that Unity fucked that up was by going like, oh, we're selling business to business because, you know, we're selling, you, you know, our Unity engine, we're licensing it out to all of these game companies without realizing that like 95% of their business isn't game companies, it's individual developers. Yeah. And this market cannot be split out on a B2B style level where it's like, yes. you need analytics platforming and all of our tiered systems <laughs> and our credit based buy-in when yeah. the Nobody people that are using the engine, when they're exactly small. like you're, you're dealing with like, <laughs> yeah. you're dealing with some e-girl it, that's making a platformer about <laughs> a, a, a cat boy newspaper deliver man. Like this is not, <laughs> this is not the people I that you're, you that should game. be targeting with these B2B services of service um changes to your model and and it just yeah. on a fundamental level didn't work and that's why there was so much backlash about it 
Yeah, you got to think of it like a conversation between EA and Microsoft versus a conversation between EA and one of the studios they own. Like, yeah, a, a conversation happening between EA and Microsoft goes so far beyond you. It does not affect affect you. It doesn't. It's not something that even comes into your consciousness. But if EA changed its structure with a developer you like, you would have a lot more buy into that. You would be like yeah. a lot more upset that they fucked with a developer because your a relationship with mm -hmm. the developer is way different than the relationship between a publisher and a distributor. So like. Mm -hmm. That's the problem. Unity went from like a distributor to the de developer directly rather than like fucking with a publisher, which is what normally would happen. And so because they did that, you you as the consumer get like a secondhand experience of this the business travesty, so to speak. And you're <laughs> yeah. and so now you're reacting to it rather than what Unity would be used to, which is like, you know, a business insulated from its community being affected yeah. by something. It's it's just such a, a uniquely holy fucked situation that, again, as we said, I'm sure hundreds of people were like, please don't <laughs> like you do not understand yeah. how bad this decision is. Like, it's it's interesting. It's it's fascinating, if you will. Like, mm -hmm. just uh, so carry on. No, from a market perspective, it's just baffling. But I mean, it's a good <laughs> example of like how these things can backfire and go wrong and like why. A good lesson to learn, old man. Keep your fucking hands to yourself. <laughs> like, yeah, so, like literally you know. It's pretty out of time. What was like the resolution? Uh, yeah, so they um, did eventually uh God. Um, <laughs> I have to pull it up in front of me because uh, they slapdashed this shit together. Uh, in response to all this backlash, it came out like what five days ago or something. Yeah, and it's yep. so bare bones. It's like a paragraph long, and they're basically just saying that they're going to charge a uh, a uh, what is it like a royalty fee where you can get like two percent off your monthly gross revenue, or you pay the runtime fee. Uh, and if you do the runtime fee, you self-report. Uh, how many installs uh, yeah. it was. Uh, okay. The threshold is now a million dollars. And mm. uh, this all That's only applies if you upgrade yeah, your game to low. the latest version of Unity. Yeah. Uh, oh, fuck. That's... That's awful. Wait, really? Yeah, a million dollars yeah. is not a lot of money for a game to make. That's when you per have year, to, though. When you have to pay it, several year, people yeah. for years yeah. to develop it in the first place. I mean, yeah. the, the big thing here is just that we're move, we're moving away from their internally estimated AI generated install <laughs> numbers, and yeah. we're also mm -hmm. it's basically also uh, pulling back from the the retroactive uh, installed and the vendor lock that they were arguing. Yeah, right. and the vendor like lock-in is the other one. If you're a small company and you want to know the analytics of your game, go onto the mm -hmm. subreddit. Just peruse it for three days, two days, and you'll get all the data that you need. <laughs> Honestly, mm -hmm. like you don't need to buy like some crazy fucking uh, business analytics Kibana based dashboard Grafana <laughs> thing. <laughs> yep. Uh, like you just you just don't. Like you're you don't. Listing up a pop singer's name or something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know those suits. I don't know what's being said. <laughs> it's just I'm just name dropping the trendy this ass analytics thing. All shit that is I that do on it, I work with on a daily basis. Yeah, mm -hmm. <laughs> like uh, you don't 
you don't need a lot of this vendor lock-in uh stuff and they got rid of it which is great uh and their their current thing is pretty normal right yep. like if you strip it down to the most basic one a 2.5 percent revenue share above a million dollars gross is standard it's actually yeah pretty boilerplate 2.5 is cheaper, decent cheaper than than uh than uh, epic cheaper than unreal more expensive than, than godot uh yeah more expensive yeah. than godot which is that's because godot. godot is free we mentioned <laughs> yeah. it earlier it's, it's free uh godot is open i've been source, waiting for that explanation so. oh yeah godot is open source it's free uh and it's free in the uh in a very in a slightly different sense than like uh free as in it doesn't cost money it's free as in like the intellectual property of it is free. Yeah. Um, and that's like a whole thing that is going to take way too much time to explain. Uh, but like when I say it's free, I mean, it is free, free, like Foss, you'll never Fossy free like yeah. Linux, Linux people like Godot for that reason, you know, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Yeah. People with very long beards uh <laughs> we'll probably say it's the only game engine that you can yeah. use ethically or some shit people like who that. care very strongly about og vorbis really like godot i care about og vorbis what is this <laughs> you don't you don't install proprietary mp3 drivers on your no i, I of course down I with mpeg <laughs> You, you know guys stopped really saying ten real though. words ten minutes ago to test me, didn't you? Ogvar no, was the one talking was, about real things. This is unfortunately how all tech works. It's just funny <laughs> word soup bullshit. So they rolled back to this, or they, they 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 changed it to this approach, and broadly, people are pretty happy with it. They're like, yeah, this is totally reasonable. If they had done this in the first place, they probably wouldn't have gotten a whole lot of backlash. Um, mm -hmm. you made it's news, very weird but... because the drama fizzled out extremely quickly as a result of that. <laughs> yeah, nobody wants to talk like, about Ogvarbis. People have so what, moved what on. Is the, what was the, I guess, the goat behind the curtain? What is it that they were trying to get people to have? Just the increased rates? I think it's the, I think it's the vendor lock-in. I think it's the vendor lock-in. Okay. Yeah, so that's cloud it. services, vendor lock -in? Tiered, right. tiered platforming, that sort of what? thing. Yeah. I don't think they would have got that much pushback on that, would they have? Uh, no, so, I but, mean, they so, tried the door in the face technique and they were probably yeah. thinking, OK, people are going to hate the runtime fees. We'll roll it back to just the vendor lock in core stuff. Yeah. But it was such a monumental pushback that I think they had to drop basically everything they were going for because it was yeah. that bad. I mean, um, a big thing here is that and the other thing is that now they can they can go to the board and they can go to the shareholders in an investment call and say we attempted to do this it was not feasible like we said it wouldn't be and <laughs> you can't hold it against us for rolling it back because we are now protecting your interests by rolling it back you know that sort yep. of thing so it Fucking it's a culpability wild. thing Some, somebody yeah. wrote down that all of this was going to happen in advance and is just like holding yeah, it up sure. now like this is yeah <laughs> 100% so, yeah I'm pretty much out of time for the day I think that sets the stage we covered a lot of interesting <laughs> topics you all I mean toaster you know a ton about business to business stuff in this issue so you can probably keep yeah. going with it if you want um but I gotta bow out uh 
Bird's got to return back to his corporate-mandated mining um, of the gaming mine. Yeah, I'll read comments in this yeah. video. Um, I'll respond to any questions that people have about it. Bird has to go back to the um, mines to be on Discord. <laughs> Far you more know, smooth can, love potions. Keep sending me stuff. Um, but I gotta head out now. Uh, thanks for yeah. inviting me. Thank you for nice chatting, for Bird. Teacher, I appreciate yeah. it. All right, bye bye. Bye. But yeah, that's that unity. That's the unity thing. I think there's we tricked still, you guys. I mean, obviously... It was another podcast about capitalism. It was another <laughs> podcast about capitalism. It always I think is. the the interesting thing here, and this is something that Bird and I talked about when this this info first came out, is that this issue will outlast the drama that was caused by it. The ramifications of this event have not even remotely been started to um, have been felt. And I know that sounds crazy because every developer is now saying like, we don't trust unity. We're not going to use them. But like, this is going to be something that will have ramifications for the next few years. Uh, not just in this immediate, uh, you know, post event space. So there's a lot that's still yet to come from this. There's, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of exposés, a lot of stories. There's going to be a lot of things that we learn about how this even happened to begin with in the next few years. So uh, if there's any lesson for consumers to take from this for, for lay people, it's that, um, yes, people were right to be furious about this. But also um, this that stories like this are way more complicated than the surface level seems that there's way more politics behind the scenes than it might look like. And that like, you know, sometimes it might feel correct to just like point at a CEO and be like, they're out of touch and they're wrong. Uh, but really, uh, it's way more sinister and way more serious than that. Uh, and there's often a story underneath the story um, that that makes this sort of thing more complicated than it is. So. Uh, I think I think we'll be learning more about this for for, you know, the next few years to come. So keep keep an ear to the ground when it comes to unity and game development engines, because it's going to be affecting a lot of studios. Um, I As mean, the just prophets using it and, Smashing Pumpkins once said, the world truly is a vampire. He mm, didn't say the truly bit. Yeah, that was me. Maybe. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I was I was saying he was correct. <laughs> He was being liberal. Because we create systems that are just designed to suck value to the point where eventually they become the self-perpetuating nightmare that no individual person is in control of, but no one can stop. Extremely, extremely interesting, given that, you know, the very the very leftist leaning of that uh, that statement. Because uh, Billy Corgan is insanely not cool. conservative. <laughs> Billy Corgan yeah. is. Billy Corgan uh, is exceptionally uncool. Yeah, uh, wow. libertarian, anarcho-capitalist, like, crazy person. Uh, oh, so he probably so was just talking about I've never about seen a more disappointing person wear a giant mirror dress. <laughs> yeah. What <laughs> the role as a vampire would be about rich taxing? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's probably literally taxing. about governmental yeah. taxation, basically. Yeah. <laughs> the world wants to pay, make billions, billionaires pay their fair share. Doesn't quite have the same, like, <laughs> Or not even fair share, it. just a little bit. Yeah. At all. I'm not paying The world thinks medical. that billionaires should also be... It, it, uh, <laughs> held accountable held accountable uh, to society yeah. <laughs> i think have this sort of ring. these sort of flare-ups are so important though like it, they always they will always Capitalist happen herpes. as, long as, as uh, yeah they will always happen as long as capitalism is a thing and maybe what comes after will also have the same problem but this is the sort of stuff that people hang on to as sort of formative understanding of I, uh, I of the reality of the world 
is it like capitalism problem or is this just like a, a yeah. uniquely this is what like stock market creates a problem of because i don't think it's yeah the that's, business that's capitalism the problem stock market think, well, is capitalism yeah. there's other i think i think <laughs> Capitalism is more than just a stock market. There's other parts. It's a lot of yeah. more than that. It ha yeah, like, it has like, more problems. If you want to get to those <laughs> two, <laughs> yeah. But I'm saying, I'm saying that like it, it, I, it I contains think multitudes and they're all fascinating market, new can, punishing structures. You can't yeah, have a stock I, market without capitalism. That's the the, the, the it, it's correct. Dependent I, on the system. I I am saying that I I think in this if for unity specific I, case, one of the bigger issues here is that this is the culmination of why you don't do like why publicly traded companies are fucking absolute messes is because you have yeah. this secondary profit in uh, profit scheme going on yep. behind the business which itself is supposed to be the fucking profit scheme like yeah if you, yeah if, if there's like a weird shadow economy happening and your involvement in that economy is basically just getting fucked 24 7 maybe the shadow economy should no no that's the main economy like the main economy is you're main, getting fucked but that's not the main economy because no I that is the though. interaction do it because i don't no. get any benefit from it i can't interact i can't engage and i cannot yeah. facilitate it but that's, that's not, not so, i mean you, I, what I get Andrew... where you're coming from, but you're you're ignoring that when you have a normal job, the same thing, the same exact thing happens on a smaller level, because you don't have democracy at work. You don't like you don't. I mean, you, sure, you can have democracy at work if your you boss can have like democracy that. at work. But That's systemically, what shares were supposed to be until they became no, no, no. The, the, when I say democracy, I mean the the people who work actually having a say. Obviously, you yes. know, making decisions takes skills and all that sort of stuff. But I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about. Just when you go to work to a small company, you're still putting in the work for somebody else's benefit. And sure, the, if sure, the company but, grows, if the company grows, but, those benefits go to that that the person that owns the business. If the company shrinks, you go to the street and don't have a job. That's but that's what, and, what Andrew is saying though is that this is a particular instance that is exacerbated by, and we're seeing more frequently, oh, yeah. and it's a direct see, result of late capitalism. Whereas in yeah. the past, we have been able to handle and and operate uh, as if there is a status quo. Yes, there yeah. will always be caveats that like, you know, labor labor is a commodity and 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 capitalism is not fair in that regard. But, yeah. but, also, uh, but also what Colonel's getting at is the fact that capitalism will inevitably invent systems yes. for further resource extraction to the point of yes. self-parity like this. Well, correct. Yes. It's, a, it's a it's an always go up system. You can't. So it you is capitalism because it will always well, happen. Sure. sure I guess. But you, this thing does. This particular issue does not crop up in early capitalism. This is an issue oh, that no. crops up in late stage capitalism. Yeah. So yes, it's an issue capitalism with capitalism. Once a week, or it gets overgrown. Well, exactly. Yeah, we, we, but that's yeah. the thing is that the reason why this wasn't something that you had to deal with in the 1940s post depression when we were passing all these regulations and being all go yay stock market like it's all good it's for the people. The reason why this thing didn't happen then in the same way that it happens now is because we are at the logical conclusion of a lot of these systems where it is fully exacerbated and these types of problems are uh, so pressurized, so to speak. Uh, so it, what Andrew is saying is correct in some senses. It's just that this is signifying exactly how far gone a lot of these systems are and how much change yeah. needs to happen in the market for stuff like this to even continue operating in its, you know, exploitative but functional uh, yeah. way that it was so there, there needs to be sense. some like broken legs in capitalism's body like they're yeah they can't keep running <laughs> as fast as it's going no like seriously you cannot keep letting it keep run as much as it is it needs to be hobbled it can't like, keep getting away to, with this 
Yeah, you need to break its spine, make it have to struggle to move forward because otherwise it will just have literally to run off a cliff. We just have to acknowledge as a world that the system is broken by default and it's not about stopping it or slowing it down. It doesn't work for the objectives that we all try to convince yeah. ourselves that it works. Well, it's I'm, not, I'm sitting not, here and I'm, not I'm ready companies. to embrace capitalism too whenever the fuck that happens. But <laughs> like, the then, thing is, what? Like, <laughs> I, don't, need, I don't want a sequel at all. <laughs> Well, you're yeah, getting that's... a sequel because the system's going to fail and they're going to redo it again, but the exact this... same way with a different coat of paint. <laughs> like, it's not going to thing... go away. Like, <laughs> I think uh, that's that's already what's happening. That's, the, you know, it has been happening. No, every time, every time there's a big stage. crash, that's this more or less... late stage capitalism. But there will be yeah, a but... time where we do the thing where we're like, we don't serve kings and then we'll just make a whole new system where we serve kings where we, we... just don't call it that. We just it's not a feudal system, it's an economic system. <laughs> like just, whoa. Just to go back to um just to go back to what I was trying to say or what I was saying is uh this sort of event with unity is important for people to see just how depraved the incentive schemes and I'm talking specifically yeah. about the incentive schemes are behind well, capitalism at large, but specifically the gaming industry. And yep. uh, games as a service, and we well, this is sort of more or less related to that because there's a, the cloud gaming is coming is is becoming more and more important, and uh, and of course, every single major studio has games as a service business model yep. uh, implemented. Um, the, the the it all ties into the fundamental premise: the system is not made for with the objective of making good things. The making of the good things is a side effect of what the system is trying to do, which is profit, extracting value out of the sure, workers. Yeah. Well, you mean um, the business, not the like the but, developers are trying to create something. The business. Well, the individual people. Yeah, the individual people yeah. want you know have a nice game and all that. It's uh, they're having they're they're doing they're doing their career. They're having fun. They're hopefully anyway. Um, but what I'm saying is, think of games as a service no. just as a basic concept and what it means. Not for a yep. player, because obviously you're playing World of Warcraft. That's I think that's like probably the purest sort of game as games as a service, where the game literally requires a server that is unified for for it to run. And the way it was structured, the way the technology worked at the time, um, and yeah, sure, we could have a, a non centralized MMO maybe if we went in a different direction with the internet and whatnot. But uh, no, <laughs> the, it's it's yeah, it's it's not feasible right now. What I'm saying is. The service part of things are is easy to yeah. understand when you think of of it as this game requires that, but you know, mm -hmm. oh, they also made StarCraft Two, which is not games as a service, but they want everything to be made as a service, as a game as a service, to the point where right now, the attitude of big, including the attitude of Unity, the Unity CEO as well, because he said like if you're not charging for reloads or whatever it was, you're an idiot, or if you're yeah. not maximizing the profit revenue, whatever, you're an idiot. Like the point of making games is to make money, and yep. you can argue that it's always been. But the, the the and and that's fair enough. You can get good games out of that because if you the way to make money is to sell many games, that's I mean that's pretty straightforward, right? If you sell many yeah. games, it's probably because it's kind of nice. Well, most, uh, but most, if it is as a, most of everything as, that exists in the world is funded by money. Like someone had to invest no, no, into no. a product to exist. What I'm saying is that when you think of the business model of games as a service it means that the the company has to see the game itself as a service yeah as a service as an right? ongoing commitment yeah exactly 
which you know in in simple terms you just you know have promotion promotion of grind in video games or, or endless endless progression bars and all that sort of stuff and, and like yeah. microtransactions here and there and skins and whatever that, that that's the minutia of it but in as a broad spectrum kind of you know if you look at if you could take, take a step back and think of it as a what are they actually looking at here and because obviously none of these people actually play games they <laughs> they the games that we're making that the industry is making and has been making and it will continue making for the foreseeable future are just made to be shovelware and yeah. they're dressed well, up all very nice and pretty because the the services you get video game right yeah, and we get yeah, your yeah, yeah. microtransaction bits so one of the one of the things about this though, and this is something I don't mean to interject, but like yeah, there no, is yeah. another piece of culpability here that I think is often ignored when this conversation comes up. And I think one side of this is the corporations are evil. They're making these games full of microtransactions. Like we they just want to nickel and dime us and like the developers don't get their say. Um, but this all ignores the culpability of the player to be fucking educated about games and to have good taste. Well, that's unfair. Um, you can't ask a consumer to be useful. Yes. Like that's yes, not we can. goal in life. So we have <laughs> so moved into a space the, where people uh, at the Starfield conversation, but this time yes. for the fact that you guys keep <laughs> we, paying for battle passes yeah. and that's why we have battle passes. It's not because even you battle pay passes. for them. It's, it, this is this is true. This is a reason why we keep having battle passes, but it is more than battle passes. It is people have very low standards and we have we have normalized this idea of like gaming should be for everyone for every purpose that you would ever want. And it's like it's OK to just like have a game you play and you don't think about and like I'm just at the end of the day, I just want to sit at home and play a game and it's all good. But that's the uh, but service like, bit. We, that's why. Yes. That's where it fits. That's where the service. Exactly. Fits. Exactly. Yeah, but, so yeah, the I thing is, is that people, from. people don't pay attention to how their actions play into justifying and creating this status quo. It's not just because you know, uh, like the reason why microtransactions are predatory is not just because microtransactions are inherently predatory. It's because people allow them to be predatory because yeah. they're like, well, at the end of the day, like. I only have time for one game and I want to play, I want to play my, I'm going to call one out. I don't, I'm not using this as an actual example. So don't come after me people, but like people being like, Oh, I want to play my destiny too. And I want to buy my skins for my destiny guy. Like that's just my, that's my game. And I don't care if it's poorly designed. It's fun. And I play it with my friends. Like if we are to dismantle this system, you <laughs> need to have better taste than than doing that you need to be able to look at a game for what it is because if you want an economy where good games are rewarded for being well designed and being pieces of art and yada 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 you need to step away from this perspective of like well it's good enough for me so that's okay like i know gotcha is bad but i'm just one dude playing genshin impact because i like the waifus and that should be fine that's fine for me and it's like Sure, it might be fine for you and you might get your good brain chemical out of it, but you are creating an environment where, unfortunately, um, that is what all gaming will, will end up being. Yeah. And it doesn't matter how much a developer wants to make art or how cool a thing it does is, you're actually harming uh, harming the system by participating in it. Um, and that's unfortunate. Um, and, you know, that isn't to say that people can Because you make the infinite can't... treadmill game profitable. 
Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, I think it's just about success, right? It doesn't matter what it is. Oh, yeah. It just matters that it's successful. And if you see Me? a million people play Genshin Impact, you're going to fucking make Genshin Impact to get a million people to play your game. Yeah. Like, And I, I want to be clear... Like, there are popular things that are not super deep that are good. Like, that's fine. The the thing, the point that I'm making is that the premise that in a capitalistic system or the premise that, like, you should be able to make money off of good things. The best things will rise to the top. That premise does not work yeah. if people's yeah. standards, the, cons the standards of the consumer are low. And that's the where things like... It's so bad, it's good. Or like, you know, this is just a junk food game. Like our resilience to that and our willingness to tolerate that actually actively harms that premise. It's not just the fact that the CEOs are using predatory systems. It's the fact that we're putting up with them and that our standards are low enough that we're allowing that to persist that actually caused this problem. And that's also why we see the erosion of, uh, you know, critical uh, analysis. We're seeing the erosion of of gaming journalism, as you want to call it like that. Like people don't care about having taste, about having standards, because they're just looking for whatever makes them feel good. And unfortunately, for the vast majority of people, because gaming has become so mainstream, the vast majority of what makes people feel good is actually not the cream of the crop, fantastic art stuff that rises to the top. It is the low level I want to play Diablo four and grind the ladder because seeing the number go up, make me feel good. Um, and that's a shame. Yeah. And, and people just need I, to have I, higher standards. <laughs> yeah. You've all I got agree with brains. you. Just acknowledge it. Like just, I agree with you on it. basically everything apart from the perspective that you're having on why people need to have better standards. I think if people have better standards, it doesn't affect the end result of where we're going with video games and it doesn't affect the profitability of Wait, the, the games because the the reason to have better standards is as a, as a matter of self-improvement it's on an individual basis it matters when uh, we're talking about specific people that are the, like the specific people that are yes. listening to us right now that you know we're talking to them when we see that when when yeah. we say that that people have to have better standards but the moment we sort of shift the the shift the onus is not the term shift the, the sort of the weight of the decision as it were onto the customer um, and just yeah. sort of like, oh, these these wouldn't work if people had better standards. You, you need to remember that the, they're predatory. This no, is, I, the, yeah, it's, they're predatory because the, the the point is that they will they will shift their predatory practices to fit the majority of people. Sure. So the moment that people have better standards, they will just shift their predatory practices to avoid those standards. In it, this in is true. This right? is true, and I, I don't disagree with that, but and, I would and, much and rather live, live in a world where something like Silent Hill 2 is profitable and is the thing that is predatory rather than fucking Genshin Impact. Yeah. That's what yeah. I'm saying. But, is but, that but, like but Once upon a time, we had a billion clones of influential games because that cool, interesting game captured the audience's attention so much that everyone tried to make their own version of it. And even some of those, like copycat games then accidentally became really cool and influential and interesting but now that whole race is monetization strategies instead of trying yeah. to create a piece of art that yeah. is worth imitating 
I would rather yeah. have 50 uh, Dark Souls clones than 50 Genshin Impact clones. Oh my clones. god, every Dark Souls clone is, is so much more inspired it, than everything that's yeah. trying to chase after yeah, like battle, battle passes and whatnot. And like Dark yeah, Souls clones have been really bad for the last 10 years. They have been. Almost they none of been. them have been good at all. Yes. Like it's pretty but, much just Salt and Sanctuary like, is like pretty impressive and I mean, like probably Blasphemous. I haven't gotten to it yet. Blasphemous, Blasphemous is pretty is good. Pretty good. But like there was a lot of like Lords cool. of the Fallen and the Surge <laughs> and Hellpoint and struggles. Let me Lords tell of the you, Fallen, one, you can literally just mash the shield button to it it kill somebody nice. in three seconds. Playing one, very bad. playing one hour of Genshin Impact is a culmination of playing a hundred years of fucking bad Dark Souls clones. And there are <laughs> so many games that are coming out with I'm this still... incentivized structure that's like Genshin Impact style or like like gotcha style people were like, so even just mad a... when i tried to do a let's try of genshin impact and didn't like it and i'm like this is what we've become huh we're so like, we're all horse I, I armor wanna... apologists now i want to say something really quick and it's just that i understand that personal culpability is not going to offset this that is like making the argument that like we save the environment by having individual people go vegan like that's not yeah i understand exactly. the flaw in that argument that isn't true corporations also need to change like we can't you can't make yeah. art in a, in a system where people are trying think, to constantly make the line go up, right? But more importantly, my point the here reason is why just people like, are not vegan right now, and not to belabor the point, but the point, the reason why we make the decisions we make are, is because is fundamentally because of the options that we have at our disposal, yes, which are created exactly. by, co yeah. by, by corporations. The, it no, is true. We, created we by as a society don't make a, a conscious decision to subsidize things like uh, corn yep. production and water for yep. cattle. And it, it's so expensive to, to but raise. We, but we do it have is. control over that. Yeah. <laughs> no, we, we, don't, we, we do as a society, we, but not as individuals. Like, well, correct, on, a like, macro, even, even on a macro level, it's have more. Yeah, on a macro yeah. level, it's hard to, to fight against systems that have already put in place. So I do agree yeah. with you, Colonel, in this yeah. regard. My my point in saying this was that there was the way that we got here was a result of uh, a smaller industry where we had control ceding ground to a larger industry where we lost that control. And so when we are still because gaming is still it's the biggest entertainment industry in the world, but uh, there is still a relatively large fracture in what we quantify as gaming versus what hardcore gaming actually is and what these AAA developers are actually doing. So when I say people need to have higher standards, yes, I understand that I cannot influence. Like, just, it's not a flip that, yeah, a switch that you can flip overnight and have the masses of 50 million people across the globe who all buy Call of Duty 27, you know, immediately just having a better taste. Like, obviously not all of those people are going to be there for, you know, the art games of the world, the pathologic twos of the world. But my point in saying that was, uh, as sets of systems... Part of this was enabled by people not being educated about these things and that allowing these predatory natures to grab hold on what they grabbed hold of. We are in this situation because the systems erupted to the point that enabled this to be the way it is. So part of the ways that you you back out of this is just go like, yeah, you know what, I'm... I am going to opt for the Baldur's Gate 3 over the Starfield because one is an actually interesting game. That's that, right. Yes, was this made month for is a battle purposes. for gaming's soul. 
Yeah, exactly. And like, you know, it's a very easy battle on Baldur's Gate side, honestly. Exactly. We had this chance last time. We had the chance to old buy Dark Souls instead of Skyrim, and we failed. Mm -hmm. And one is more influential than the other for a reason, I think. One at a time. Uh, I don't know what either you said. Oh, sorry. I just said Dark Souls is more influential for a reason. And people would argue with me over that. I think I think Dark no, Souls, Dark is, more Souls is infinitely more influential what? than Skyrim yeah. in terms of in terms of how it impacted in the design. industry, how it impacted the the market so? and its design. Yes, I know. Objectively, so. I the, the problem is that Skyrim had nothing to influence. It was so iterative that it was literally just what the industry was already doing. Yeah, I had a long conversation games, with about this in the comment section. I'm like, see. I'm like, fucking. Uh, Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning is feels like a Skyrim clone. It came out like a few months later. It could yeah. not have been based on Skyrim. That's just what old games yeah, were like. Yeah. We were like four From Assassin's a, Creed games deep already. Let's play, like, let's play a game then. Let's play a game. Tell me of a biggish game that is influenced by Dark Souls, and I'll tell you one that's influenced by Skyrim. So this is the thing, though, is that you can objectively point to things and say, like, oh, uh, just the way level design has progressed the level design of dark souls explicitly of explicitly inspired the level design of doom 2016 the level design of skyrim has never influenced any game and people and this (laughs) i think goes to this point people still talk about bethesda games as big releases because they're like no one else does what bethesda does and the the reason the Witcher yeah, the 3 reason is out for, there. Assassin's Creed is out there. The Witcher 3 and, and Assassin's Creed do not take any systems from Skyrim. None of those yeah, things no. are similar. The open they, world and the side quests. The, the, they didn't the, invent open no, world. No, no, they didn't. No, no, yeah, no, none they of those draw, things are. They're not no. directly, but, structurally, but, they're not similar at all. But the shift in the both of those franchises specifically from linear. Well, actually, Assassin's Creed wasn't linear to begin with. No, but and it definitely shifted Witcher. towards. No, in Assassin's Creed, yeah, no, Assassin's Creed one and two built the blue point. Those games are more heavily inspired by Far Cry three than Skyrim. They are. They are. Their design influence comes from other games. Far Cry franchise both predate Skyrim. Open world games. What I'm saying, every like, there's a massive glut of incredibly samey open world games these days. All of them are based on Far Cry three. None of them take after Skyrim at all. Uh, yeah, I see where it comes from. I was Ghost of Tsushima was... has nothing to do with Skyrim. It was not influenced by Skyrim. Every every every, game design, ever made every design element. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. Every, you're right. Every Bethesda but, game is is inspired by Morrowind. This whole loop like, of going out into the world. I wish they were. I wish they were more inspired by Oblivion. Yeah, this whole loop of it's all chasing Morrowind. Yes, yes. This whole loop of being put in a zone of a world, and then having an incomplete map and slowly revealing the map piece by piece and then doing a series of objectives that are marked on your map and then also having like side stuff where you gather like environmental items or like animal loot in order to craft a relatively small series of very concrete upgrades to your inventory and belt and so on this is all like first it was like the the building blocks of this were gta 3 and then it was far cry 3 like that is the trajectory that is all based on skyrim has a but, shockingly uh, small saying, cultural impact because it was such a vapid product that there wasn't any yeah. t- thing to take from it. What I'm saying is the biggest takeaway from Skyrim is that it sells in an audience no, of, of roleplay. 
No, I don't think so. I I, I, think, I, I absolutely I think, think it's Bethesda. If you didn't have a yeah. Bethesda title on Starfield, no one would have fucking given a shit. Well, I mean, here's like, well, here's yeah, the thing though, <laughs> is people people also don't have very good market literacy. So they look at something like Skyrim or they look at something like Fallout and they're like, oh, you know, you know, this is a this is a Bethesda game. Oh, yeah. But like the Bethesda that they talk about in terms of development is different than the Bethesda that we talk about when we talk oh, about yeah, publishing. So you know, like yeah. all of like, those things are they're very different. So you're speaking to a different audience there. No one who likes Bethesda games bought the evil within because it said Bethesda on it. You know, like that's not the no. same. People have. Some people Bethesda have. properties. Exactly. In, to a large extent, sell not because of their quality or what they anything that they do originally. It's just the simple fact that they have managed to penetrate the market in a way that makes them the equivalent of like sports games or Call of Duty. Yeah, like they're yeah. just they're just like or like Marvel movies and Star Wars. Like they are the product that that just rando people know without having any yep. wider exposure to the marketplace and and or any deeper taste. And so they just kind of buy the Bethesda games by default. And that might be the only thing they buy for that six months. Because like that's just their level of engagement with the market. Which is always a part of the market. Well. That'll always happen. The people like the, the people who play Fortnite and then not really anything else and so on. But it, ma it makes it very frustrating because like you can't really talk <laughs> about like it's it's part of why I think people don't imitate Skyrim is because they know that the contents of Skyrim aren't why it succeeded. <laughs> Yeah, it's the mm. mods that exceeded Skyrim. That's no, not even the That's mods, because even the, even right, the mods, right. you're talking about a level of like commitment that people don't yeah, normally yeah. actually put into their games. Like modding your game is unusual. Unless yeah. it's a Bethesda game, which has nothing in it, so you have no. To mod they're they're, they're <laughs> the games particularly known. They're famous for being modded, but your average player of of skyrim does not mod the game that's in, that, that'd be an insane i mean having they're mostly whatever they're mostly playing on consoles to begin with so they're not yeah, modding yeah, their yeah. games really people just play their fucking bethesda games raw that's <laughs> yes. nice. I was right me yeah i, I have right. a friend who gonna... has two thousand hours in skyrim or something like that and she literally still plays it on an xbox 360 yep wow that's dedication <laughs> what are yeah. you wow. doing all day Shooting I talk to people. They're they're like I'm doing a run where I'm I'm playing a mage and I kill every NPC in the world except for the ones that doesn't let me. And then like two weeks later, I'll be like, uh, "How's your run going?" They're like, "I'm doing a different run. This time, I'm a Khajiit mage that kills everyone <laughs> who is an NPC, and it's so different." Fuck? And I'm like, "Okay, are you like that's just what people me? do." This is I what was... I mean when I say people need higher standards for their interaction. Because That's not even higher standards. Not... Just like you don't have to eat dirt for meals every day. There aren't actual yeah. food out there. Like don't. <laughs> like it's almost like you're eating the dirt around an onion. Like just fucking sure. pull the onion out. Eat the fucking actual <laughs> onion. What are you doing? Sure. Like, the there, there are there are RPGs that exist. Like real the... actual fucking made RPGs. Go play them. You don't have yeah. to play this weird fucking dirt shit on the ground. Like, just what the fuck? Speaking speaking of which, there's a topic that we've been circling the drain on that I wanted to discuss and get off this topic from uh, okay. because Keith brought it up. And it's just uh, Souls likes by and large are really bad. Uh, a lot of them suck. Uh, but one that yeah. didn't suck came out this week and it's super fucking good. And I'm going to talk about it. Like uh, PP? Yeah, of Lies of P. Lies everywhere. of P is so much better than it has any right to be uh 
we went to PAX last year and I played Lies of P and I talked about it on this podcast. I said it felt weird. It wasn't very good. It didn't make any sense. Like from a design standpoint, a lot of its mechanics didn't really work together. Holy fuck. I have never played a game that has made more of a significant beneficial change in between when I played it and when it actually released as Lies of P. Lies of P went from being the weirdest, floatiest feeling awful feeling souls like with no real identity to one of the most well playing excellent feeling games i have played in years uh holy fuck lies of p is so good and it is if it were like this year has been so stacked i haven't had this much trouble deciding what my game of the year is going to be since like 2020 2019 ish like whenever pathologic 2 and disco elysium came out in the same and, year and two of your top uh, contenders are both influenced by dark souls yes two of my top contenders this year are souls likes uh first being jedi survivor second being lies of p lies of p is such a fucking triumph it is the only 3d souls like i've played uh that is just trying to be a souls game that actually seems to understand what makes the Souls series good from a design standpoint. It has some flaws. There are some issues with like the resource economy and and like just how much it yeah, is wants Souls. you to That's do normal. stuff. Uh, but this <laughs> yeah. game is this game is good. And I, I can't believe I'm saying it. The fucking weird ass fairy tale reimagining of Pinocchio that it creates is actually really well written and really compelling uh its lore is really good the way it tells its story is simultaneously more streamlined than souls games and more kind and forgiving than souls games uh while also completely understanding what makes them so alluring and what makes people want to dig into them it utilizes every single aspect of its gameplay and of its storytelling to actually tell a cool ludo narrative it is so phenomenal and as a debut things right like uh, the majority of its storytelling isn't through item descriptions is it uh it it has a lot of item description storytelling it has a lot of like incidental npc quest storytelling but uh uh, just to give an example of uh how it works uh it it solves a keith problem with with souls uh (laughs) quest lines in that uh (laughs) when you talk when you when you talk to someone and they say i'm gonna do something uh when you go to your bonfire to warp to a different area if there is an update in that quest line it shows an icon on the area that they're in to tell you that they're there and they're ready to talk to you so it is super easy to follow imagine making content that's designed to be found (laughs) i mean i think souls games are still designed to be found and you can find them Mm. if you pay attention but I, think I know because be I did it and I've done it in all of them else because like but fuck, man but lies of P makes it very accessible and it's really interesting because it's a more friendly souls like and what I mean by this is it tweaks the souls like formula in a lot of ways it gives you things like these these sort of uh, NPC uh, directors it gives you uh, when you die for example you drop your blood stain but instead of you losing all of your souls on death um what it does is uh uh sorry hold on uh what it does is instead of you losing all your souls on death 
and instead of dropping a bloodstain like in a boss arena, it will drop your bloodstain in front of the fog gate. But the way it balances this is instead of losing your souls on death, uh, like losing your bloodstain, every single hit you take up until you collect your bloodstain decreases the amount of souls on your bloodstain. So it encourages you to play well to get back to your bloodstain without locking it behind the the fog door. That way, if you're playing well and you're beating your enemies, you can grab your bloodstain and have more souls so you can level up if you need to to get that extra edge against a boss. Uh, it's it's such a smart, smartly well-designed game. I am over the moon about this game and I want more people to play it. And as a debut game... Technically, they've released one other game, but I don't think anyone has played it as the, the debut big release for this South Korean studio, um, Neo Wiz. And I think Round 8 also did development on it. Um, this game is phenomenal. Like people really need to give it a try because it is so much more than the meme game that people were making it out to be. It is so good. Which was uh, that being said, self-invited a bit by <laughs> picking this yeah. premise. <laughs> Oh, completely, I'm completely. Be the like Pinocchio and, game is a lot. Yeah, it's the Timothy Chalamet Pinocchio Souls like. Uh, but it actually works, and it's really fucking cool. It has phenomenal voice acting, um, and and holy shit, uh, let it be known, this is maybe the hardest Souls like I've ever played. It is so fucking hard. We'll see about uh, that. <laughs> uh, yeah, Andrew, I was talking to Keith about this. I've seen, I've seen, you know, that you've played Sekiro. I've seen you play Souls games and get through stuff that other people breeze through. <laughs> Let me tell you, I think even you are going to have trouble with this I, game because I have it holy on my shit. I'm ready to buy uh, it. I just need to make room because I have to finish like 15 other games first. Yeah, one of one of the big issues with it is that it has a lot of difficult like sudden spikes where it's like, oh, you just need to master these mechanics that it put in front of you. Like you can't drag your feet. You just need to get really good at it. It is extremely mm. judicious with two phase boss fights. Well, you said you said um, it's like parry heavy, right? Yeah. So the best way to okay. describe it is uh, unlike other Souls likes, which are often, you know, Souls game plus another game. Um, this game is like very much bloodborne meets sekiro and That's i know good. a lot of people are going to look at that and think like oh okay i can imagine what that feels like but i'm being very serious when i say it is bloodborne and sekiro which is to say you move as slowly and as committally as you do in bloodborne but you are expected to parry things as well as you do in sekiro that's fine. So it is uh, the it, parry system is what really I'm, valued. I'm what was really valuable. <laughs> yeah, you are super fucked, Keith. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> never beating this game. I am good it's at gonna, Souls. It's gonna like. have a Celeste style. I give up thumbnail halfway through. Yeah. Uh, I am good at Souls games, and I'm very good at Sekiro. Uh, Lies of P took me about 33 hours. I streamed it in three or four days three days i think i did to completion um a quarter of my playtime is the last three bosses which have no traversal between them it was just <laughs> attempts oh on the last three bosses <laughs> the the last boss of the game which i won't spoil killed me in three hits and okay. all of his attacks need to be perfect parried in order to beat him and he never stops attacking. And uh, 
He has he your timing like, issue. He has access to your entire all of the tools you have access to. So it is extraordinarily difficult. Yeah, so it a, is extraordinarily difficult okay. to beat him. Uh, and I had to just play perfectly. Um but it was I I can say like very definitively it is the best last boss of any Souls game I have ever played. Does it, it does is it have builds? So good. Uh, is it like Yes, so Gosh, yeah, so okay. the way that it works that is really really cool is that um you have Wait, your I, standard I strength builds. <laughs> I don't I don't I this, hate builds. I just want to go with Sekiro's like okay, we've got one really you good just idea. Just want to be given one and, game to play well. Yeah. Cause like I'm just gonna pick a fucking strength build. Whatever I can do to one shot every enemy is like basically the strat yeah. I always go with. So like so I hate that. You can, I like Sekiro. You can do that. You just level up strength and then you use a weapon. That yeah, has that's high strength. Okay, so that's what yeah. I'm just gonna do then. Yeah, 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 I'm, yeah. I'm saying that I, I just um, think he prefers games where there's one experience and you just get good at that. Yeah, game where there's one experience. Yeah, as opposed I like to this, Sekiro for that. Like the weird, yeah. like it the, was very weird playing Elden Ring and having every single person you talk to have a completely different experience about even the difficulty curve of the game because yep. characters were so fundamentally different by the end and you couldn't really yeah. trace. Yep. Like in a way where the game doesn't really communicate to you, or like there's not a way to convey beyond talking to other people that your that your build has like specific weaknesses or or things or like yeah. the, or play my, style. My my biggest thing is the ending. Like bosses for games where there's multiple builds tend to always favor a particular build. Yes, and that an, feeling an optimal fucking infuriates me because I don't yeah. want to spend all like seventy hours getting good at a build. Only to find out, like, LOL, you didn't realize this is a non-melee boss. And you're like, what the fuck oh. are you talking about? Like, <laughs> yeah, Elder that Ring is not... did that. Elder Ring was like, oh, that was good yeah, that you did that. I hope you, like, yeah. fucking running. And I'm like, are you fucking... Are you kidding me? Why didn't I just be... Why didn't I just be a fucking Castrol the whole time then? Like, I didn't have to go through this hardship. I one-shotted every... Pretty much every boss just to get to a final boss that says, like, yeah, bye. And just flies away from me every fucking second. All right, I got this <laughs> I'm still. To meet the second, the second I'm continually so confused by the fact that the Elden Beast doesn't let you use your horse. I'm like, but I, it's a I, giant. I don't know. This, this is, is this totally is, foreign experience to me because I beat him entirely melee, and I was like, this is fine. Yeah, I beat I him entirely well, melee too. He was very tedious and had a lot of like very frustrating just, deaths just because of all the spell spam. It's and everything. RNG though. It's yeah, RNG. It's, there's, it's there's RNG. Yeah, because it's a different experience every single attempt. He just will behave yeah. wildly differently because its AI is just proccing random effects, and it's just a nightmare. Mine but specifically, was just the moment I saw gone. that fight, I'm like, oh, this is the Ganondorf fight where you fight Ganondorf on on your horse, and he's on a horse in Hyrule Field. But I don't have a horse. He's just so, yeah. the, so the boss will just like teleport or fly away like seven times in a row, and you'll get like one hidden. Sometimes you're like, "Yep, this is torture." Yeah. I don't even. Yeah, it's that's not even, the. I'm not even talking skill issue. I'm just like, I don't want to play this anymore. Yeah, I, <laughs> and it's like, not like any of the other fights up till now. Well, I, thankfully, I like shit, Lies of P yeah. is not like that. Lies of P is so, a very okay. in-your-face aggro, bloodborne-esque game in that regard. And one of the reasons Good. why its build system is so cool is that. Um, it circumvents a soul's issue of this is a cool looking weapon. Oh, I can't use it because it doesn't fit my build. And the reason for that is Lies of P splits its weapon upgrades between the blade and the handle of every weapon. And you can disassemble your weapon and attach any blade to any handle. So your scaling and your move set is determined by the handle and the type of uh, blade you have determines 
That's different cool. uh, damage types, different, uh, uh, you know, different other secondary movesets, your battle arts, things like that. So what you can constantly do is be like, OK, I have this scimitar. I really like the scimitar moveset, but uh, this enemy is weak to blunt damage and electric. Well, I have this electric hammerhead that I can attach to my scimitar handle and I can use that for this fight. So I still have the move set I like, but I have this second upgrade path. And because my handle scales with dexterity or scales with strength, I can I can keep using my build without having to respec just for this fight. So it creates this really strategic resource economy and this really strategic approach to the game where it's like, OK, I have a toolkit now with a thousand different variations. How do I best approach different situations by switching out my toolkit and like doing what I feel comfortable with, but modifying what I feel comfortable with to best approach every situation? It is so genius. It is that it is, is so cool. Incredibly cool. And I, I, uh, yeah, I think everyone needs to try it. It's so sick. I had that sort of idea. Or I think something similar to that while I was playing Elden Ring where I was like coming across all these weapons and, and uh, I just said it in one of the streams that I wish I wish you the, the, the move set wasn't determined by the weapon, but you could just determine it like you want this move in this button and whatever, and then you could just use whatever weapon. And obviously yeah. different weapons would be differently effective with different moves and all that. And it sounds like it's more or less well, obviously my, my idea was rubbish because it's difficult to implement, but um but it sounds like it's more or less what you're describing in Life of P. Yeah, Lies of P is is just in, it's it has so many yeah. smart features like this uh, that I really like. Um, that's, yeah, that's awesome. There are some issues with it. There there are some mechanics I really don't like. There is a certain currency in the game that is uh, I won't spoil what it is or how it works, but it's, uh, it's hard P. locked to time spent, which is really annoying uh like time spent in there's the basically uh yeah well sort of so LOL, you get no. a renewable resource that like i'm just gonna i'll say like y you get you get eight money per uh like like there's like a item that will generate up to eight money but the thing is is that every single single money takes 10 minutes uh spent in real life to generate and you can use items that are very rare and very expensive real. to speed that up but the thing is, is that those resources, that money is spent on things that you would practically use very quickly. So um, without getting too deeply into it, it's like, oh, I did this. I, I did this boss attempt six times. And I in order to get to where I got, I spent a consumable that costs 12 money. Well, fuck. And now I have no money because I spent it on the consumables that I wasted on this boss attempt. Now I need to wait 40 minutes to get enough money to buy back the consumables that I am using to and get through this boss fight. So that's kind of a like, bummer. Is it just in, like, literally in-game? Do you know if you can just leave it on and go to the bathroom or, girl, like, do something No, you can, you can leave it on and go to the bathroom. You can shut off the game and come back, and if, the, if the time the has point? passed, Just get yeah. rid of that Oh, that's thing. terrible. Yeah. That's fucking yeah. dumb. Yeah, every mechanic that it, that's based on a real time is almost always just a bad mechanic. Yeah. So it is, it is very annoying. Granted the the saving grace of this is it is a it is a late game resource that affects literally 
two things in the game that are completely optional and are secondary consumables. So it was truly just an issue of me being like, damn it, I did a thing that cost me this and now I need to wait or do something else. So it is a little bit rough on a streamer when you're trying to stream the game in a marathon session and it's like, well, I, I can't get this uh, special healing item that I was I was using as a backup heal because I need six six uh, ethereal money to buy it and it will be 30 minutes until I get more of that. Well, great. Like that's that's a bummer. Um, and the the other aspect of the resource economy that's very strict is that uh, grinding in this game is not feasible. Um, there are basically no spots to grind, no easily killable enemies to grind up uh, your soul's equivalent. And uh, enemy item drop rate is extraordinarily low. Like there is no farming for blood vials in this game in the in the house loop before Gascoigne's boss fight. Like if you run out of firebombs to throw at an enemy, firebombs cost 500 souls from a vendor and you got to kill six enemies to get 500 souls every single time you want to do it. And good luck finding a spot that's close to a bonfire to do that at. Like you are just expected to play well and use your consumables wisely. And boy, does the game want you to use them uh, because consumables in this game, stuff <laughs> like firebombs, firebombs and pine resin for buffing your weapons are so powerful. Like jokes on you. I good. can't use items because I'm afraid no. I'll need them later. So I store every powerful, item in the game until I yeah, never use it. They are but if they are truly yeah, they I, are extremely powerful. That's great. So, I beat all of Elden Ring by using only Estus flasks. But, that, just, but that's because they weren't powerful items. enough. Because they, they, they were powerful. There's there's items in there that would have fucking done so much more work yeah. for me if I had just used them, and I didn't out of just sheer fear that I was gonna waste a resource I can never get again. Yeah. Like, so the good news is that you can get everything back in this game. The consumables are strictly consumable items that show up in shops, but. The, the the treadmill of this game is that you will constantly be at a soul's deficit if you're constantly buying things because there are very few places to grind. Enemies drop a very small amount of souls per kill and uh, the consumables that you're using, presumably on things like boss fights, are extraordinarily powerful, but very limited, especially in terms of what you can carry. Uh, this mm. game has a has a, a bunch of different throwing weapons uh, things like pipes and saw blades and shot puts and cannonballs and stuff that you can throw at enemies, but you can only carry like three of each at a time, and they're all like 600 souls each, and they do a shitload of damage and a shitload of stagger, but uh, you have limited inventory slots, and like using them is very strategic, and they all scale differently as well. So like different throwing weapons will scale differently with strength or dexterity or... Uh, this game's equivalent of like magic damage uh, it's called advance um so it, there's like a really strategic element to what you're using and what you're not using and how you're buffing yourself and different enemies take different damage from different damage types which is really engaging and, and cool um, because obviously throughout the game you're going to be fighting different types of creatures you're going to be fighting puppets and people um and the puppets will you know deal with different things differently than people do um and, and that's very cool but them boy uh <laughs> holy shit does does this game i like if there is one patch in this game i want it's like put a farming location 
slightly decrease how much certain things cost and like maybe just maybe make enemies drop a few more souls than they do because pretty consistently throughout the entire game enemies were dropping between 60 and 150 souls each regardless of location so like as you get to higher level areas the grind is ostensibly real or would be real if you could grind at all which you you really barely can um so that those are my complaints i guess at the end of the game especially enemies become extraordinarily it's basically like every single enemy is a mini boss you're not killing things in three hits you're killing things by it's like as if every single enemy was a you know uh was a capra demon where it's like all right this is going to be a five minute encounter where i have to parry everything perfectly or else i use six estus and then i can't get to i can't get through the boss fight uh so that's definitely a thing but uh but yeah uh i would not be surprised if they nerfed some of the bosses in later patches because holy fuck those last three fights are some of the hardest fights i've ever oh, ever fuck. played that means i gotta play Souls it now game. then otherwise i'm not gonna get the street <laughs> yeah. or you won't have the cred yeah. Yeah. you didn't beat demon souls and you were fine with that what do you mean street cred what, uh, what do you mean well i didn't beat demon souls yeah but like that's what i'm saying I, by the time i played it it was well different from what it was when it nah, first came out excuses i saw you rage i didn't even have the weird whatever the fucking <laughs> overworld uh mortalities or morality system was like i don't know it just world tendency that. that's been a thing since the original release but it technically yeah, but it still had a world it. tendency like, it's just it didn't it just, do much because like yeah, it when it first came out there were uh real life events that would trigger different stuff happening to everyone's worlds yes and it was yes. like a whole system so that was ultimately stuff, not scrapped. They just stopped doing things with it. So instead, you just yeah. had to deal with that was with pretty. The that was pretty minor. Part. All it did was like now you get more, more. Drops yeah, no, I don't. I don't know if there being many like major that. changes to Demon Souls to reflect what Andrew's saying. Uh, no, it's, it's what I'm saying. Excuses. No, it's more like it's more like if you didn't harder. beat Elden Ring the first week it came out, then everything got easier. Yeah, everything is like easier that. in Elden Ring now, significantly so. Is it really? Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, big time. The it's, game was made easier over and over again over the course of like the first month. Yep. I played. I played one. So if you're a let's, so if you're a let's player, you did too. not experience it because it takes forever to get the Elden Ring. But if you're a regular game, half these people like beat it in three days, and it's like, and they somehow got two hundred hours in that time. And I'm like, I don't understand how people play video games. Do you sleep? Mm -hmm. I think is somebody uh, cooking game, I, for you the whole time, like. Well, I they just—I mean, that's their—that's their—they just microwave a pizza or whatever and just spend their entire day doing it. They don't have a. It's just know. Melania, though. That's the only difficult part of the game. What? I mean, it depends on. Uh, no, I don't remember. It was not just Millennia. I'm that like, was, I'm like, what? <laughs> Malekith <laughs> and the Lord of Blood guy or whatever. Like, those are oh, fucked yeah, up fights. That was Moog difficult. Got yeah. nerfed big time. But apparently, Moog is fucked up. It's difficult, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I beat him on I, my first Malini try. Good for you. Well, that's because well, you had because you, you in your case the game was was unnerfed and that you had a broken build that I think went away. 
I didn't know. I didn't use a broken build. I used I used fucking whips. That's I what I'm whips, saying, dude. You said you discovered that Moog gets stunlocked by whips. I'm like, he can be stunned yeah. ever. That's not the game I played. That didn't. That didn't. Yeah, that didn't go away. That's just exploiting the fact that uh, enemies that don't wear heavy armor take more poise damage from from striking weapons. What do you that mean is, he doesn't wear heavy armor? Have you looked at his shirt? It that looks is, the heaviest That is shirt. absolutely wild to me no. that Moog can Mo be stunned. Moog wears a robe. It's all. It, it's so much clothes. That's definitely. I've seen light clothes, and that is not at all what I. <laughs> no, he's just he's just wearing a robe. But for me, Smack that's him. like a. He's barefoot. Like a, he's barefoot. Smack nah, him with a count. whip. But if your if your mind's being blown <laughs> right now, this is a good example of how in Elden Ring you can have a wildly different ex experience from other players and not even understand why. It's because of stuff like this, where it's like, oh yeah, by the way, Moog is vulnerable to whips, and you're like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, read read item descriptions, baby. It'll tell you. Uh, that's, that's how I learned it. There was no, there's no mystery there. I just looked at what the game yeah, told me and I did what the game said. Smoke in particular is designed for that. That's the, how you <laughs> skip the, the bit where you basically I get killed. It's just, kill. it's just designed to make toaster smug specifically. 100%. And to make things, to make it even more smug, I used a bleed build and he's the Lord of Blood and is specifically strong against bleed. So... All I'm saying I, is if you play the game well, you'll be fine. I beat, <laughs> I beat him the first try on the other t place he shows up, but I didn't. The, the second time I fought him, which is in well, the Oh, yeah, the other fight's easy. It is easy, right? I thought it was easy. Yeah, well, I fought the, yeah. I, I fought the other fight uh, afterwards, and I was very confused. Because I think it's supposed it was that, easier, right? Yeah, but I think it that was, fight is supposed yeah, to set that that I think that version of the fight you're supposed to encounter first, and it's supposed to be like oh, the really? teaser oh, okay. for this big fight that you I... can unlock later. But because it's a non-linear game, you just unlock yeah, that in nonsensical order. Like that's that's very much supposed to be the no, like think... oh what's up what's what with <laughs> this dude. It was not well, he has a me. secret it, optional boss. So uh, the yeah. game is designed so that That's you don't. Yeah, you're not, you're not supposed to fight the easy version afterwards, but I did. Yes. And a lot, no, I think a lot I, of people I, did because the game's so not I disagree with that. I disagree because I fought the easy version before. And by the time I, re I I fought him, I was like, oh, yeah, I've seen this guy before. It's just whatever. Uh, like it, it takes away all of the, the, the sort of gravitas of the situation because it's just a repeat boss. I honestly like. But it's, I, it he is, has a completely different moveset the second it time. It is around. one of the does, repeats that, that I have the least the understanding of, of like what they were going for with that one yeah, happening ooh. twice. But the it game has an issue in general ball. where a lot of like really like full of gravitas big hype crazy fights then just have like a weird shitty clone later and you're like i don't or earlier i don't like That's, this i think earlier is worse earlier is earlier well worse. i mean whatever order you encounter them and who knows yeah there's a lot of weird versions of this because yeah the game's so non-linear you don't know what order you'll encounter these guys in unless they're literally on the critical path specifically and there's just a lot of weird moments like oh damn it this was cool when it happened before like the obvious ones are like death bird and the and the dragon that you fight in the lake at the beginning make the beginning mm -hmm. of the game really cool but then you just fight the same dragon and the same death bird seven more times and it's just kind of a bummer yeah. but like main story bosses will just have like a shitty clone version later and you're like i don't wait no why'd they do this this game just didn't need to be this long at this point i think they should really vary the moveset or the ai in the clones, because they do that for one of the dragons in the in the late do. game. Yeah, but it's they, very very technically, rare. Technically, all of those dragons have different move sets and different AI. Yeah, yeah, just not I, massively. I'm sure they do, so he doesn't yeah. feel like it.
Yeah, like the first, like the, like the first time you fight one, he doesn't pull out a, a, a magic sword and hit you with it. So it's a big surprise yeah, when that yeah. happens in a later one. Yeah, and yeah. they're all technically different elements and stuff, but they're very samey fights for the most part. They are, yeah. They're just it's just a uh, bit of a bummer where you're like, damn it, this was literally the like. If you're playing this game, then meeting up with people periodically while you're playing it to talk about like the crazy stuff that happened to you. It's one of the things you would bring up of like, wow, this game's so cool. This dragon just randomly attacked me in this field and it was so out of nowhere and I never expected it. And you would have a very different reaction the sixth time it happens. <laughs> Where it's like, <laughs> oh, suddenly this isn't cool anymore because the random surprise fights are just two fights over and over again. You're like, damn it. Yeah. Oh. yeah. I don't know. It's I just I don't really think of the surprise as that that meaningful in the context when it's like, oh, actually, like the the fight between the the magic dragon and the rot dragon are really different because it's about taking the surprise different is absolutely important. And, yeah, I don't think so at all. It's one hundred percent important. It's an, and you can't. It, it's absolutely intended too. Like both the fact that it comes as yeah. a surprise out of nowhere, and the fact like this is the game where they obscure how big the map is, so that constantly sure. you're getting new information. You're like, what the fuck? How is it still going? And then it, the the map zooms out even further, and it keeps yeah. going in another direction. Like it's supposed to be this big like water cooler crazy moment. The sense sure. of discovery. Like when we. But what when, I'm saying like is talk that about, the surprise only works one time ever. And the game is more than just that surprise, which is to say, sure, the surprise at the first time at the lake when the fire dragon breathes fire on you when you go to encounter a bunch of draglings, like, whoa, that's crazy. Yeah. But then, like, but it's, but there's it's very, more it's to very get. different, though, to replay a game and be like, oh, here's the part where things going to happen as sure. opposed to being like, oh, that one thing that I thought was really cool. It just happens constantly. And now it's cheapened. Yeah. But I don't think it happens constantly because most of the other dragons are like they're standing out. So or it happens so much that you literally start predicting it's going to happen. Like, oh, this is a weird, big, open ice lake where nothing's happening. The lake, I'm going to get ambushed by a dragon, and then I get ambushed yeah, by a dragon. Like, and then they throw in... They, but the thing is, is they throw in different caveats here, where it's like, oh, crap, now I need to worry about a secondary thing on top of this dragon. So I was expecting the dragon, but it subverted my expectations because there are two other really deadly enemies right here that fundamentally change the encounter and make it a more dynamic what encounter. What dragon is that? Yeah, I don't know the what you're talking dragon. about. Oh, I, just, all, 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 I think all, all, I, the, I think it was just a I dragon. I don't remember anything else I know happening. Where it's close to the. the if end you're of talking the quest. about Borealis, there's there's a whole bunch of other stuff in that area, as well as an, an invader at the same time. Is yeah, I don't think, any, I don't think any of that happened a, to me. For a ghost lady, is that the? I don't remember the area. It's near for me, the only, Cave. It's the ice level, which is the worst level of the game. Oh, the ice level. Yeah, I didn't like that. The, at all. the yeah. zone itself is almost entirely just repeating enemies you fought before, and there's only and the only and interesting bit for an entire chunk the... for that entire like continent or whatever that region. There are like three enemies total, and none of them are new. You're like, okay, this is yeah. kind of a bummer. Yeah, it feels buff. like they ran out of development. As well. The only interesting bit was was that city, and it was the worst thing because <laughs> it was so boring. Oh, I, I love that section. I think oh, that section is so cool because yeah, on the top part, of that section, the part where you're not trying only to survive like all these incoming attacks and stuff, and things are invisible. Yeah, yeah. I actually yeah. cut it. It was so boring to me that I cut it. From oh no, that's that's the only good part <laughs> oh, of that entire wild. zone besides oh, like I it so much. besides like the boss really? fight, no. I guess. That level yeah, okay. is so cool because it changes how you have to interact with the game. And on top of that, there's so much like story and narrative happening in there where you're like. 
oh my god this is this is where all of these people hid at and that's why they're attacking you is because this is where all of the exiles were and mm -hmm. oh my the god this leads where? to the mimic city what exiles? If you read if you read the fucking race <laughs> descriptions at the beginning of the game you would know that this shit exists i, like, I know i know oh, i read the item descriptions so cool. i just can't i, I can't process I a story them. that way i can't memorize oh, a yeah, bunch of so. factions that i've never interacted with and the, and the names of people that i've never interacted with and then it's so like cool. i just walked then, on the roof I, like i can't mentally engaged. put to, i can't mentally put together the yarn board of all the fucking like oh my god the, the, the gillies is here and then gillies jr who actually calls himself jeff but he's always been gillies and i'm like who the fuck are we talking about i can't tell who we're talking about i've never met these people for oh, me it was so, the, that big so reveal richly textured that that secret where you find in the city i don't remember the capital you find this statue and it's like mm -hmm. I, was, I was gonna joke that i'm sure it's a great story to read a book about but you did you read a book about it it's not in the game like, <laughs> most the of it's not in the I, game you're just reading about it when i found it's that reveal i was like who's that and it, it is How the inevitably fuck? a character i did not know who it was i thought it was it's the not guy even was. inevitably a character it's the two most talked about characters in the game they're that not are the most relevant the core part they are every well, character talks about them a, you go to every shrine and talk to anyone and they're like but Radagon went on his quest and Merica did X, Y, and Z. It's like, there's dialogue. It's just telling you. It's just telling you. I don't think... How could I don't, you not? I don't think most people understand what happened in the final boss fight of Elden Ring. Like, I don't think just, no, I don't the transformation know. or the cutscene or the reveal or the character design, I don't think any of that actually I mean, I came across for most level. people. Because... Well, the average, like, it, but as the most average just, person here, I, I can't tell you a single fucking thing about Elden Ring. Yeah. It's just That's, not a great. Wild. It's just not a great way to convey know, a story. I don't know what's totally like the like the, 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 like the direct and cool with their stories. Which is That's fine. not direct. Just, it's extremely it's, not it direct. Is, <laughs> the game no, just not. puts the stuff in front of you, and no. characters will tell you things directly. One of the biggest struggles go, is the fact that you never just get sat down and like look, given a primer on most of these characters that lets you like. Be, it's like, because like, every single your way across yeah, the critical path of the game, characters just tell you what you need to know. They I'm just saying, like, talk I'm saying, like, you you're directly. not you're not given like an introduction on these characters in a way that lets you like be like, okay, here's the base, here's my base platform. Like, this character looks like this. Here's their personality. That's what their voice sounds like. Like, this is their motivation or what's going on. And then for, you can then be like, okay, I know this character, like someone you met at a bar, and then be like, I'm going to then add all the context that I'm gaining over time to that memory I have of that character. You never are given a, fun, a, a base level understanding of these characters to begin with to commit them to memory. So every piece of lore is just like words. Like it's like when See, I'm playing. I disagree it's like, like I'm playing with that Retina. though. I'm sure, but I don't, it doesn't really matter uh, what your opinion is. If no one else knows what's happening in the story, that means no, that they're failing to convey saying, the though, story to people. Is that they are giving you the baseline by telling you things about the characters. Technically telling things is not the same I, thing as conveying successfully. And given that I no know, one knows what's happening in this game, it means that they're yeah, not conveying it successfully. This is a problem. This is a problem with approach and focus, not a problem with I the way the so. game conveys it. I can because tell you. I like, think it's it's yeah. obviously a problem with the game conveys it because no one knows what's happening in the story. I agree, I agree with Toaster. The, the I, data I can proves point, me right. I can point to the place or the reason why it's difficult for me to follow the story of Elden Ring is the moment I realize most of the conversations are about you know relationships between different characters yep. that I haven't met and relations is, yep. as in like who's the son of whom and like. And and obviously there's all the jargon added, you know, religious in the game and all. 
Um, but I was uh, yeah. like, I, I, I didn't grasp any themes. I just grasped uh, like gossip. And I was like, oh, this doesn't, yeah. that's not really for me. But obviously, yeah. th that's the point of the game is you figuring out the, oh, look at this. What is, ah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think, I think a big thing though, too, is like you say, like the game doesn't give you a baseline. The game literally has an opening cutscene that introduces you to all of the characters that are major players, tells you exactly what they're doing no. and what their motivation is, no. and then shows you a picture no. of them. <laughs> Like, that is this, literally what it does. You, you're talking about a thing that hasn't even advanced since, like, fucking uh, Demon's Souls. I, I yeah. can appreciate that you somehow work this way, but people do not watch an opening cinematic of a bunch of CG characters just spammed at them, or the Demon's Souls loading screens that just keep randomly just Souls showing three, character yeah. concept art for some reason, and then actually internalize what's going on there. Like, you yeah. can't... You can't, you can't do a 30 second marathon mad. run of every character in a game you've never played before and sure. commit all that to memory. No, no, one, no one can do that. That's extremely yeah, weird that you, that you do that. No, except people do. And that's why people like these games. Like, that's what I'm saying. No, they is don't. That it's, just, why it's why you, Vati has a career is because people can't tell what's happening and they need well, to watch a like, video yeah, Because they're not it paying all. attention. That's I'm literally what I'm paying saying. attention. I just can't follow. So, that's my whole point. You just, for, you just follow me, it. There's no, there's no magic not a thing. to it. <laughs> for me, you can't as a, just as, follow I, it. Again, yeah, as a there, normal person, I I experience what I like to call Final Fantasy can't write stories ism. Which yes, is it's the fucking Lassie problem. The falsy yeah, Lassie seeth, and you're those crystals. Yes, I, like, what the fuck is lightning talking about? I walk about? in, <laughs> so I walk into a place, and if the world, if the, my first interaction with the world is someone saying words I don't understand, I'm gone. I give up immediately, sure. and I don't give a fuck. Toaster's like, acting like all not, the people that are like, well, it, it, Final Fantasy thirteen is a really easy to follow story. No. All you had to do was open the glossary before you started playing the game and read all of the terms that it puts in the glossary for I, some reason so, instead of conveying via dialogue well. This is where I this is where I actually disagree with you because I think that Final Fantasy 13 is a great example of a game that doesn't do this well because this game introduces a shitload of concepts, puts them in a glossary that automatically unlocks all of them that it is expecting you to just reference constantly and then has all of these opportunities where you're talking to characters and you're having incidental interactions with NPCs and interacting with the world and instead of having those reinforce and tell you interesting things about the cast and the characters and what these things mean, it doesn't. You just reference a glossary, which is very different from the way that Souls does stuff, where it's like, oh, I met this character. This character's only lines of dialogue elaborate on a very specific situation involving these characters. And every single time I talk to them, I learn something more concrete and tangible about the world they're interacting with. That is the fundamental difference between something like Souls, which tells its story through things like item description rewards I'm and I'm just saying that Blythe is and everyone's favorite character because his story mm -hmm. is conveyed well. Except people what? don't understand his story at all. Yeah, wait, what and is don't know what what's going on with it? Isn't he just <laughs> well, like a, they, he they just focus like a bodyguard on him being... some four-armed uh, uh, Twitter love thing? Is, is the yeah. sacrifice? Yeah, he's gut, he's guts, and she's Griffith. <laughs> Except that's what? not actually what he or she is. Sure, it's to an all. extent. It's a, it's a riff. I'm fucking talking yeah. about a game I played 18 months ago, but like, but so, like, she, but he is the necessary sacrifice, and that he's the character 
who specifically is bound to stop her from achieving what her goal is, despite being the character who is protecting her in the first place and motivated to do so. Like the person himself wants to protect her and do, and help her achieve her goals, but he literally is incapable of following through with that because of the 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 oath that yeah. he's bound by, which is why he loses his mind when she actually succeeds. Jeez, yeah, you guys I, are way more invested in this shit. What it was hell? literally well, did, just the. I mean, is, I, th this depends on whether or not you dialogue. did the storyline. But if you did the yeah, storyline, did. it's extremely yeah. directly conveyed yeah. because it's characters on screen doing things and having dramatic moments and existing. I do but wish the cool thing about uh, that yeah, is that no. Blyde's story is also informed by all of the other character stories, like Malaketh, which you learn by yes, just playing the game. Yes, the primary reason I knew characters. what happened with Malaketh was not only did I meet him and realize, oh, oh the re the reveal is that guy was Malaketh. Oh my god! But also, Malaketh is himself an echo of Blythe's story, so they build on each other and complement each other's understanding. Yeah, this is all and an I'm example of how you, things work well. Yeah, and like how, you, it's also akin to why people have a better understanding in Elden Ring. That's but it's, every no. character in the game. <laughs> Absolutely, it literally, no. it is the characters you meet. Yes, not the characters you don't meet. You meet yeah, almost the, every single names like character the, in the like Elden the, Ring. Like story. the yeah, but half of them <laughs> everyone, you meet them for the first time as a boss fight that you're killing. Yeah, yeah I mean, but that the same thing goes. Yeah, but I'm saying like I'm saying that characters are served better by being a Ziegmeier or a. I, uh, fucking, wow, I'm forgetting names now. Uh, Solaire. Solaire, or the fucking, the, the Eyes Monk, and so on in Elden Ring. Like, a lot of these characters work better. Not, not Shabriri, the, the lady. Shabriri was good. I don't know Shabriri's story because it, it, I, open world, it got open world murdered by me. Yeah, sorry. I mean, it's not I met Shabriri once, I think. Or I met the other guy that isn't Shabiri, I think, where it's like, yeah. oh, yes, I see you beat a dragon. And then I saw yeah. him 40 hours later and I was like, I'm not him anymore. I'm actually someone else. I'm like, OK. And I never saw yeah. him again either. And I'm like, cool story. <laughs> yeah. Oh, He's yeah. I remember that guy. Yeah. Directly tied into like six other character storylines. So what? if you just the do all those storylines, you, you learn me? what happened to him. What the fuck? You learn well, exactly order, why him what... showing up and going, I'm Shabriri, okay. well, is meaningful. So, but also so a significant part of meeting that character again was the yeah. fact that I needed to know. This was just an, a fact that I, I needed to know that he was hiding on a bridge behind the teleport hologram at that one point of the level. And if you don't mm -hmm. find him exactly there, then you just missed the whole storyline. But I, because the first teleporter was attached to a wall, I thought those were barriers that you had to use to continue to get to the next place. So I didn't know you could just walk through it. Yeah, you just turn but around he, and walk. But even then, he's like <laughs> way am, back over there. Yeah. And so if you just cause not, a specific trigger too soon, then you just miss that storyline forever. I, I think one of the biggest issues for me with maintaining the story in Elden Ring is that or any kind of souls game is that they let you do whatever you want in terms of yep. exploring the world and when that happens story isn't important anymore like well, it's it, not it's not it can a, the be, motive right? well but it's not my motivator anymore oh, normally right. when right. i play a game your my motivation is to do what is necessary to progress but since story is no longer hindering me from progression, I don't fucking care about the story. That's I'm going to completely ignore it in exchange for mechanics that are way more engaging than like yeah. a frumpy old man yelling at me about a fucking sin committed 300 years ago <laughs> that I really yeah. fucking don't care about. Like, I, it is think... not 
it's just not it's not a good way to approach telling a story this complex and this robust because again my engagement needs to be hindered by my understanding of the story or oh, else that's I so absolutely depressing cannot. to me that's I, so I know it's depressing, but <laughs> that's, like, that's that really though, it's like, so much you, but it works better if you make your story out of the gate way more interesting and compelling than the mechanics of the game which has never been true for any kind of rpg oh all like, they have RPGs never come out swinging with a good story they come out swinging with interesting yeah like mechanics because that's what keeps people playing it's not no the story. you just haven't but played i i think that's the thing though i think <laughs> the thing with things like souls games and the reason why people like vati and why all of these souls games story curators get popular is because people are inherently interested in them they are sure. they are but, but they're, they're interested really intriguing a lot of it's that you encounter a character like sif or or uh what's his name ocelot uh i where like you enter a boss chamber and you're like, what the fuck is this guy's story? Because like, it seems really important. <laughs> this intro cutscene makes this <laughs> boss fight seem really important. Uh, and then it yeah. wasn't. And then, but, you, but then you're like, what? What does this mean? What the fuck? I don't know what's happening. And then you try to look yeah, it up. Yeah, yeah. Like, like my first interaction with Mar or with who was it? The guy in the ca the beginning of the castle who's like, you can't keep going. Margit? You're not supposed to be here. Is it Margit? Yeah, Margit. Like my first interaction with Margit was like, I don't know what your big deal is, but please fucking leave me alone. He hates like, himself. I know that. I know he's like because this is the horse. Because I know about the whole horn up. curse, and he's specifically one it's, of these people. And he like he tried. Yeah, no, I didn't was he the that. one? That, was yeah. he the one that tries to to cut them off or something? He's the He's trying to become more powerful, but he simultaneously is like trying to, like he hates his own kind essentially, if I remember correctly. My, sort of. My, he's my a and every he's time they show up, but it's very like religious. So he's trying to uh, he's trying to follow the golden order imposed by Radagon, and as such, he is uh, shamed and hidden, uh, given that he is a child of one of the uh, of of basically America and or Radagon, because uh, they're the same person. These uh, games so need they need the dialogue systems that are pro appropriate to telling complex stories. You need to be able to be in a dialogue tree with these characters looking oh, at their face while no. they're staying no. still <laughs> so no, you can no, pay no. attention to details because no. these are, there are so not. many details. I, There's, I, would, I, like, I would literally never actually engage with a no story way. at no, all the game in dark souls to. if it was no that, if but that's what i'm saying is, it's like i i this wouldn't even I think... play dark souls if it had a fucking like story like <laughs> they, well, that's like the only that, way though done. that's the no, only way i think tell a story i think but no. this is the thing though is that i think that the beauty in these stories is how simply they're told which is you go up to a character and go i want to hear nah. what they say you click a button theory. and they say an important thing at you and that's I, how know. it works. So, so I, I, I just like, say it because I don't, I do not like games that do this. But when it comes to open world games, like, like especially like Elden Ring, you need to just have the stupid tape recorders that tell me a story. Like I'm doing <laughs> nothing <laughs> for hours. Like I am, I cannot tell you how many times I just sat there and ran in silence from one location to the next. And it's like if you just told me stuff while this was happening, like podcasted at me, like did you know that Marigold hates his father? And I'd be like, okay, that's kind of weird. What's going on with this guy? Like I would be more engaged <laughs> than I would be showing up to a place and guys like I'm gonna fucking beat your ass because my God told me. I'm like I don't care. 
I'm going to yeah. kill you. My entire objective is to just walk forward and prove everyone wrong. And that's what uh. happens the entire game. Is someone goes like, you can't be here. And then I bonk them once and they die. And I'm like, well, I don't know what he was talking about. And I just keep walking. And every, and like, and it's not, it's not like I'm playing the game wrong. I, there isn't really much systems or like, there's no narrative systems to engage with that isn't going through menus. And I'll be honest with you. If I can beat a Dark Souls game without pressing start, I fucking will do it instantly. Like, I don't, I hate the UI in Souls games. I hate the UI in most RPG games because they're so Andrew's, messy and they're so just. I, Andrew, I look, Andrew's I the canonical protagonist of Dark Souls 2. Yeah, I, yeah. Just, I, That's I, want to, I want to play a game where my skills are tested and I am engaged in the world, but it needs to not be. You can't pretend like you're writing a Tolkien fantasy and you can't pretend like you're making like a fucking ninja warrior game. Like don't go so hard. Given the George R. R. Martin credit, the kind of work. It's, it's, yeah. it's like, exactly. like I I don't know. It's just like I don't I don't want an experience where it's <laughs> I am just showing up to basically get pummeled for fucking hours on end and the end result is someone going like, Wow, you're so good at games. And it's like okay, well, <laughs> I can just I don't have to do that like I, I I know I'm good at games I don't need you to validate that but I don't want to play a game that's like so up its own ass with its world building and storytelling that I'm sitting here like can I just play that like Final Fantasy does that where it's like I can I just play the games like but I need to tell you about the racism it's like okay that's fine I don't care I'm sure people are racist here let's fucking move on like continue please or it's like it's, it's seriously it's like the Falsy thing was just like that I was like did you know Falsy are animals like I bet they're people yeah but they're animal people okay well then fuck off you're just racist I don't care anymore I figured the whole story out yeah. let me go help the race let me like that's it every yeah. final fantasy is like i'm gonna pick one person to treat less than human you're gonna be on their side and gonna prove me wrong okay well thanks for talking to me about it i'll be back when i come to beat you when you're gonna Whoops, turn into god made right Waka it's like a little yeah, too I, racist in this game people yeah. aren't vibing with them yeah it's like yeah. and then the end result is like the final boss who's super fucking racist is also god oh well shit how did i even figure that oh, no, out that oh no drove. Oh, don't turn yeah. into god please and it's like did you know i'm god it's like oh fuck am i gonna have to kill god again <laughs> oh sure. man uh but like that's the thing so dark souls can do that it just needs like a different way to approach its uh its background storytelling like it's fine to have the stories where you talk to a person like i like the story where the guy's like here's a needle give it to this girl and i'm like why don't you fucking do it yourself he's like i can't talk to her ever again it's like okay that seems like <laughs> odd and so you just like take the Spill horse the up the hill <laughs> yeah yeah you just take a horse up the hill and you're like here's a needle some gross guy gave it to me she's like I don't want to hear about that. Thanks for the needle. I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> wow, these guys really don't like each other. That That's was a cool engaging. quest, though. Yeah, yeah but, and like, then you learn I, things about the characters through their yeah, interactions with you, which is that cool. That was the rot needle, wasn't it? But yeah, yes, yeah. it was. Or but the, the problem lady with the here arm. is yeah. that mm -hmm. you can in you can see. Go I remember NPC storylines. Yes, yes. And so I do too. Because they show the up because they have yeah, the problem. I, and the thing though, is, like is the, the, I, the I whole world and story, them. the whole world and story of Elden Ring seems really cool. I want to understand it. The I, fact that I'm fully I, my, engaged yeah. and want to know what's happening and can't understand is a problem. It's my just wild like, to me that you can do all these quests and not understand the greater overarching story, which is told 
through those quests. Like but that's a, all that's of the them problem. give you details about those they, characters. They are, but there are two things. One, you're not required to meet these people. And two, yeah. even if you want to see them, sometimes time fucks you. Oops, you went and sure. killed a boss, and now you have no idea that Lilith's storyline is has progressed. Yeah. I was gone. a holy and character like, that lost it on the holy NPC despite checking him constantly just constantly then, checking with him where the, yeah. when the story was going to go and i still missed and, out because i did the wrong event in the wrong order and i'm like cool and that's great and again i He's am totally now. fine with its character stories. i think i think the character stories in dark souls are great they just need to not be fucking time locked and stuff in, in yeah. certain ways. Like or just the game just so if could tell if you. a character like or throw, throw, game throw you, a tip like, for anyone gonna play uh, Elden Ring when you're about to burn the tree, uh, stop and look up and look. several walkthroughs of how to do all the things that you're about to lose <laughs> access to. But that's the thing. Is you I, might literally spend twenty the... hours playing things that the game will just voip out of existence if you click on that. I want the game. I want the game to give me an option, right? I want to go to like do an event, and it's like I'm gonna go beat the shit out of this guy. And the game goes, okay, that's cool. I'm gonna let you do that. However, I want you to know that there are six NPCs that are just going to fucking <laughs> explode if you do this without talking. <laughs> and I would like to just know, like, just tell me, hey, there are there is literal content you will miss out on 100%. Cannot get again if you continue. Do you want to continue? That is the kind of thing I need if you're not going to force me to interact with people. Because otherwise, why would my brain that is just a fucking monkey neuron simulator not just keep going <laughs> towards the next thing? So, like, here's all my... it wants to do is game. Like, here's my response to this, though, is that I think one of the most beautiful things about Souls games is that you are purely an agent in their world. So when you go to commit a crazy act that would seemingly destabilize this entire world because it is set up as being a massive thing that you could possibly do, like burn the central element of the world that is larger than the rest of the world, that is the center of all of the religion and possibly the center of life in this world, that you would stop and think, hmm, maybe, maybe this will change things and maybe I should go and maybe do stuff because of that yeah like, the problem is that the problem is that you can only yeah, retroactively like, backfill which things will change or which stuff wasn't ready sure. for that step of the but process i also don't know well, the game does like give you a little like bit for, of warning yeah yeah no yeah but once i once again i'm saying you, you you only know if you read the wiki or through trial and error but that's the whether thing, though, or not. That like, please let me I just know. say the sentence. I'm <laughs> saying that you only know via ex via the actual experience or reading the wiki or so on for sure whether or not you are at the specific step of each storyline for it to transition from pre-tree to post-tree. You can't know sure. for sure whether or not every single one is like that. And it got to the point of absurdity where I'm like, okay. I'm the holy guy. I want holy spells. There's two holy characters. I'm talking to them constantly. I keep teleporting back to them every time I do anything in the story to go talk to them again. Because surely they must have a story that goes somewhere eventually, right? This guy's just hanging out in the fucking HQ the entire game for 50 hours. And this other guy has teleported to this one broken bridge over here. And I keep talking to both of them and nothing's happening ever. Maybe it's time to burn the tree. And then it's like, I when I burn the tree, it's like, oh, the guy that's in the ba base, now he's dead behind the Coliseum and he failed the storyline. I'm like, what? I, I was 
watching him the whole time. How was I supposed to know how to not fail this storyline without researching it? Because I actively was looking into these characters because I was invested with them mechanically to get spells out of them in the long term and figure out how to proceed with them. And I've permanently locked myself out of entire parts of my own class because I couldn't do it despite putting more time in to watching these two characters than I have in than any other NPC in all of the from software's games. Just don't know how to relate to that because I managed to do the same quest because I sure, also did but the I've same explained thing. what yeah. but I've explained but, what happened and it's well, that's what happened. I'm trying yeah, yeah. to play the game I, I, like a sane person and it's just it's in, it's impossible. I think you're playing the game <laughs> with the expectation and knowledge of what to look for and what to expect. And so you're going into it with a way different mindset than somebody who may not be as committed or as familiar, sure. which means they walk away with a way different experience about how good the story was, which then in turn leads to the Ouroboros problem you have of like, you should have better taste in games, but people yes. don't know, people like end up yeah. going like, well, Elden Ring has a shit no. story because I don't know what it is because I don't know how to engage with it yeah. because I don't know what to look for. Whereas like if Elden Ring just well, showed its little fucking creepy baby hand and said like, that's the guy to talk to now, then I would be like, yeah. okay, I'm going to talk to that guy and be super invested in like, why is this guy so fucking upset but cares about this character who hates him? Is it its dad or something? Yeah. And it'd be like, yeah, it is. And you're like, whoa, that's cool. Like you could... I want to engage in the soul story. Every character is like, looks like a cool OC in an anime. Yeah. I want to engage with it. <laughs> like I talk to them and they go like, fuck off. And I'm like, oh, I'll never talk to you again. I just, or I, I got, killed it because I don't like that. It attitude. is a franchise like, about getting told to be told to fuck off by the same guy 70 yeah. times in yeah. a row. And then and you I'm keep be checking you. again and having the same conversation <laughs> yeah. play again. And then you're like, when, what, yeah, what are they hooked into? Because all these storylines like, have only like four steps but they could, the steps could be spread out by like 40 hours of the game. Yeah, somebody yeah, yeah. might want me to go kill a guy that's like 200 miles away from the objective that I'm currently interested and focused on doing. And when I yeah. kill that yeah. guy, I don't think back to like, wasn't there a guy living under a well inside of a bridge underneath 15 layers yeah, of It's such soot, a huge cast to also, keep in mind. Like, yeah, it's, it is definitely is a huge big, cast. The and this cast is, is, and this is big, the franchise where approximately 100% of players fought the like Leonine misbegotten at the wrong time. Because they saw a bridge like covered in siege weapons and, and like that seems like something to deal with later i'm gonna keep poking at this zone i seem to be in and then there's a more inviting <laughs> opening to a higher level zone to the north that's less hostile and then you end up going on a different oh, planet right. and then like 40 hours later you're like oh i never went across that one bridge to the south and you go back to the leonine misbegotten's castle and it's super easy and you beat yeah. him in three hits yeah. that I, was a I, that I was such a universal well. experience i had I that experience both well. of you had that experience fucking shammy's yeah, yeah. video essays had the exact same experience like no so one bizarre. goes there when you're supposed to and i think at some point you could just say that there's just it's just not it's not wrong to just admit that like the game has a few basic conveyance issues about like what order it wants you so, to do stuff in despite clearly having an order it wants you to do certain things in like there is but the thing is, is a it's not about the order and a progression that's just a character quest so if you just talk to the character you learn but i don't know he even exists. if you even get know. a benefit for doing he it before you. talking to the character but he's random though he tells you there's a castle to the south what does that mean mate what i don't yeah, know it means to. there's a castle to the south and he wants you to go there so you go talk to him and you go do the thing if you don't find it but that's fine it... it's completely optional it's okay well, yeah, yeah but yeah, don't yeah, you but, lose out on but, an entire story tree by not talking to him yeah, no, you, do. you can you can do that quest first and then talk to him later and you you unlock the whole tree. Wait, what what tree? The 
Does it continue after the sword a bit? Oh, yeah, it does. Yes, because he's yeah, directly yeah, related I, I to the woman on the side of the road that's murdered, and then yeah, yeah, uh, I another character. I remember. So, can't remember if I finished that one or if oh. it was, like, permanently locked out. Oh, I that's think, I think, Oh, oh, it, he's for related me. to the girl. Oh, yeah. okay. For me, yeah, l- there goes the relationships again. What, what, does that matter? I am okay with people not being related it's, to each other. What? So I think I, I think my point my point with this is also uh, though that I think the the reason why I think it works in something like Lies of P is because Lies of P is very direct in how it wants to tell its story. But the reason why I don't think pointing you to every single character being like, hey, there's an there's an event with this person doesn't really work in something like Elden Ring is that that is a game fundamentally about exploring and understanding relations between people and figuring things out and being an agent in this world. In Lies of P, you are not you are not an all-powerful agent, free agent in the world that's going around Watch enacting me. your will on things. <laughs> in Elden Ring, you are. So going to do yeah, something like solve that. the regression puzzle and then progressing Gold Mask and Corhin's quest are something that you are self-motivated to do by being interested in these people. And when you hit a wall, you go, how would I progress this? Well, I'm going to investigate their religion and their miracles and the things that they're talking about. I'm a faith player. Maybe I should read into the faith in the game and talk to all of the other people who talk about faith and look into this Radagon and Merica thing. And why do they keep talking about these strange principles of Merica every time I go to these stakes of Merica and all of these is there churches? A speci- like, is there a specific line of dialogue, though, that's like, it is now time to check behind the Colosseum. You've been there before, well, no, the, but now he's there. No, the Colosseum, I mean, that's the thing, is that if you, the only time he goes there is if you have failed the other parts of the quest. Well, then I guess I, so I have like, no idea how to succeed at that quest. Yeah, yeah. so you, you talk to him, he I says, I'm either. trying to find Gold Mask. You find Gold Mask. You, talk, you then tell him that you found Gold Mask. He goes to try to find where Gold Mask is along the road. You talk yeah, to him again. Yeah. You do these things a few times, and then... Finally, when you get the runes, they move towards Landell, which is where they said they were going. And then you solve the mystery of regression in Landell after talking to all of the characters that point you to Landell talking about the faith. Once you solve the regression puzzle, you can then talk to Goldmask and learn the secret that what he's is the hiding. Re- what is the, the regression, regression puzzle in Landell? It's doing the thing with the statue that turns it from Radagon to America. Oh. Because that's uh, the horrible secret that made Gold Mask go mute. That's the whole that, thing they've been looking for. I can't remember that happened. And then right. finally, you I do remember to talking Corwin. to him. So you, so I, now you've, re, you've re, unlocked some memories, and then I remember, like, oh, right. I remember talking to him <laughs> along the road and getting him to Gold Mask. And he's like, this guy, yeah. he's a genius. He's just sitting here. He's so smart and standing still, staring at the tree. And then yeah. he's just, and he's, and I never was able to successfully get the next step to happen. Yeah. He just kept staring at the tree, he's, and then I didn't know what I to do with that. About, and I then breaking the, and then, and then when you burn the tree, when you burn the, yeah, when you burn the tree the that they're looking at, which like him looking at the tree seems like it's indicating you should do the tree thing next. Uh, no, he just dies <laughs> if you do the tree thing yeah. next. It's it's about think, it's about the horrible truth behind all of this stuff, which you can find by solving the puzzle. It's not horrible that, though. Why is it horrible? It's nice. It's okay. Uh, yeah, it's I mean, okay. That has, it's not though. I, it's not twist, though. It's fine. It's not a twist. It's all right. It no, it's a huge motivation. twist because it proves Why? that all of the conflict was completely arbitrary, and that Merica and Radagon are opposed to each other, which is like the big reveal. 
But it's all right. That's I mean that doesn't affect the materiality of the game. Wait, I who? Feel. Wait, who is? It does. It wait. proves it proves that the the Erd tree and its faith is entirely artificial, <laughs> which is people? like a huge problem. Well, wasn't a, there was no assumption that it wasn't. At least not for me, anyway. What, what for were the, the rest of the characters in the world? People? It is though. No, I suppose would you, would you kill them. And that ties into the fact that. The tree, the Erd tree existed before the parasite came and before the Elden Beast and before the Elden Ring. And there's so much, so many layers to uncover. You just have to be self-guided in it. And I think the beauty of that yeah. Ludo narrative is that you are entirely in control of that. So pointing you to it would take away that agency and remove the beauty of that design, which is like you're actually it, rewarded for being invested in things it's really and taking it though. seriously. It is, it is difficult. difficult. It is difficult. And I'm not saying it's, also, it's not I also, difficult. I don't think, for example, like I don't think that it's necessary to literally be like, here's a quest marker saying where to go next yeah, to continue the storyline. Sure. I'm saying that when you have a more linear world layout akin to Bloodborne, you can strategically yep. place characters where you were likely to encounter them. And then as you mm -hmm. proceed forward through the level, they tend to skip forward to places that are forward in your progression yes. where you're once again likely to see them again as opposed to like the number one the primary place where people fail to complete dark souls and bloodborne storylines are specifically the parts where suddenly the character teleports backwards to an old location and you have to like yeah. intuit to check there like how like i think it's like i think eileen the crow goes back to gascoigne's boss chamber and somebody else shows up in uh yeah the person she's looking for is there yeah, I was gonna say somebody else shows up in uh in uh uh fuck names. Uh Vicar Amelia's room, but I think that might just be a minor lore character, not a quest line. Mm -hmm. It's been a while. The same happens in Elden Ring. There's uh I think Well the fact is that Elden Ring's so massive that they can't expect you that they can't consistently get people sure. to, to go to the southern castle in a time that makes sense narratively, let alone I... follow where people are teleporting to at the time. Yeah. To the point where the one of the important. one of the most brutal parts where I just had to give up and use uh, tutorials or walkthroughs was the fact that like there's like two or three characters who uh, are pretty missable, but you might see their first encounter in the lakes area. But then they yep. teleport to yeah, like six more places, zigzagging up and down the lakes area, like it's tying occurred, yeah. like like shoelaces on a shoe, like just so many <laughs> spots to check and and nowhere to check over and over again to continue the storyline. If you miss the first, if you miss the first, you're talking about then... patches and the 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 girl, the maidservant. I uh, love them. I, I never encountered. I didn't. Quest. I didn't encounter patches of story, and I didn't encounter. The storyline. Oh, patches uh, is another one where it also goes back to places that you've been to already. Patches, I, like, patches I, is hard to follow. I, uh, I encountered him I in his cave, and then I encountered him with the snake people with nothing in between. Oh, uh, and I then I think he died. That storyline, or more I specifically, I encountered, I encountered so him much. at the cave, and then I encountered him kicking me off a cliff, <laughs> and then I encountered him at the <laughs> snake people, where he's like, "I'm patches, a dickhead," yeah. and then he dies. I think. Patches' uh, story in Elden Ring is the best Patches story. There's so like far. several. So there's like good. several characters at it's, the snake people good. that I never met before or after, and just never got to learn what their storyline was. And like when yeah, I look up yeah. afterwards, I'm like, oh, that's the secret to how to get the entire pot storyline to go anywhere. Is you that specific guy mm -hmm. at the snake people has to? Oh, I didn't get do the pot storyline. Yeah, I, I, I found. It, but I, don't I found the. I found the, the pot town, and I understood the little guy in town who gets di little little chipper little boy with the new dialogue every now and then's talking about your friend with the pot guts that you keep talking to. 
But in that order to get that storyline, I was unfortunately unable to do because I played before it was patched back into the game. Yeah, but uh, it, but I, but like the story is like really hard to complete because despite being so heavily telegraphed as being about the pot guy that you do know and have seen several times and are invested in, it's actually mostly about that one guy at the snake at at, at from the snake faction who's just kind of mm-hmm. there. And after the snake faction, he like retires to the pot area, and that's where the whole storyline actually happens. So if you if you don't facilitate oh, that correctly at the right time, it. then you just never get that storyline. And it's that's just like, oh, motherfucker, I just want to know I what com- the story I com- is. I completed that story, and it, like it didn't have any like it didn't have any impact on me because I just like I, I mean, there's a lot of drama, right? Uh, the story goes. And, I don't know uh, what the story yeah, I, is. I didn't get to do it. I know. I'm not. I tried. I'm not I actively I tried. I can spoil it if no, you want. Don't the point is, it. the point is when it does happen, I'm just you just go through the motions and it's like, okay, well that happened. I think what's and, uh, I think to like pull the curtain back a little bit. What's really important here is that the average person, like the majority of people, right, who would uh, say Elden Ring, for example, who would engage in Elden Ring, tend to be people who don't have a very complex understanding of the way yeah. that Elden Ring <laughs> te- or that way of show that Souls games plays it or tells its story. And because yeah. its way of telling story is unique to itself, um, it creates a problem where the a- it doesn't it's not facil- it's not very welcoming for the average user. And yeah. I and obviously like you can get into a semantics argument about like you know accessibility for the common man versus creating a thing that you want for people you know like for fans of the series. Yeah, but. Uh, But what is important is that it is totally possible to have a middle ground where you can facilitate, um, like, for example, a a good way is to just turn off something like notifications about continuation in a story. Like, if you want to notify a player that there is a story they're missing, just make it so advanced players can turn that notification off. Let it so that they can just be completely in the dark and live the experience they want well, you know, it's like again, it's the argument that existed when like Elden Ring came out. I was like, is there going to be an easy mode for Elden Ring? <laughs> yeah, and it's like, yeah, yeah, it's not. It's it doesn't matter if there's an easy mode, so long as people who want to play the game the way that they intend to, or that they way that they are comfortable and know how to play it, can do that. Because that's ultimately what people want, right? They want an experience that it they can engage in that they can play with their friends like i want to be able to play elden ring and talk to my friend about it who has never played El- uh, a souls game before but i also don't want to you know i don't want to talk to him and say like man it, it wasn't really cool they did blah 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 and they're like i don't know i just walked around in a circle for 15 minutes and then gave up <laughs> I didn't know what i was supposed to do like you the game needs to be uh souls games need to be like some level of more uh, accessible for an average person in its storytelling alone like, I think I just, mechanically it's fine, uh, but yeah. the story is tough for an average person to jump into and know how to engage with without being like, yeah, but you're going to come back and play this five times, aren't you? And it's like, fuck, no, I'm not. I am not playing the Souls game one more minute more than I've done the first playthrough. <laughs> like, and that's just the way that I, mean, I feel about it. So, like, you know, yeah. someone who's more invested, right, might do that. But for me, I'm speaking just as a regular guy who plays a bunch of different games. And it's like, I'm going to play one run of, of a Souls game. And I might come back in six years, but, like, I'm not going to play it enough to remember any of this shit. Like, I need sure. to, it needs to be out in the open and front-facing for me now because I am not going to come back and unravel the mysteries of the, the Souls world again. Like, and sure. that's... 
that's the problem I have about these games is like I don't because I don't get that I just don't engage at all I just disengage immediately and go I, I'm here to prove that I'm a good gamer and I can beat all the bosses <laughs> and I don't see I, I think, don't know yeah I was gonna say I think with this though that gets into the issue of like I actually do think these games having difficulty options would make them worse and it's the thing is is we're just saying Probably, like, yeah you know I don't, oh, I don't it's for accessibility but like the game is built and designed a certain way and it takes a certain amount of resources to do that. And so by giving it difficulty options, you're actually taking away things from the people who enjoy the thing the way it is because it harms Which, the quality of the thing the way I it is. I don't agree with this. And so I, don't agree. I, I fundamentally I think, agree with it. But they have to, and I think that's fine. They have to that's add totally... so many roundabout ways for different players to have a good time. Like for example, the summons that Mm -hmm. exist because there's no difficulty slide. No, I don't or, agree or with it. that though because those what? summons are only there they're not... because they're actually telling a part of the story of the world well, and yeah, it's but not story, just to make things easy. Doesn't it, like, this story is a consequence of those summons being a gameplay mechanic not the other way around. Sure, but I think the, the, the thing is, is that's not, people will often say like summons exist to make the game easier and it's like no, and combat it, it in is, these games is fundamentally designed around these things being an option. That's the problem though, That I think that is the problem. No, should, that's, it shouldn't, that's the, it shouldn't be designed around summons. It should oh, it be should. Only, it should, no, you, ha, you have it designed no, around I, every There shouldn't tool. be any summons. There shouldn't be any no. summons. <laughs> There what? should be. Because otherwise, otherwise the game cool is super way. easy. Otherwise the no, game is super easy. But that's the thing, is the difficulty isn't... That's I'll, not what makes the I game cool. Play, the, thing that make, I, the thing that makes the game cool is that it's so holistically designed around every element in it. Otherwise it's a bad it game. Is. I, I personally think it's a bad game with summons. I, like, no, I, I don't have a don't summon. You summon have I don't, but that's the thing. I don't summon, but then the bosses are built with their moveset around the fact that they're being attacked by multiple people. With with no. a, a bunch of AOE attacks. There's yeah, the, they have the, a ton of AOE attacks. That's the, that's, the, that's absolutely there's not multiple true bosses that are multiple that, that have you're fighting more than one boss because of summons. There's Melania and like in the ball and, and just I mean let's let's be fair the the mimic tier is just absolutely broken and it's not even like obviously it is very broken but the other ones are super powerful as well. And it's yeah, it's just, all the summons. The game, are the game is brain uses. dead easy uh, with summons. Like you do not See, have to engage. I don't with think anything. about that it, though because I've watched both of your playthroughs. You and Keith I didn't and you summon. You yeah, but it's not brain dead easy at all. No, no, like yeah, that's whatsoever. But the game, is no. But I'm saying the summons wouldn't help you with the parts that you had trouble on. They uh, wouldn't of have. Would. Of course, no, they I, would. I'm they, telling you straight up as a guy. I was, I, I, I was definitely genuinely considering the idea that summoning was making my game harder because it was giving my yeah. my yes. the, the boss health while just dying mm -hmm. immediately. And I'm like, not for me. Yeah. Not for me. So, uh, I was like, like what is the mimic tier for? Because yeah, I, I do I do have wants. mixed feelings on the make a mimic tier specifically because of the fact that like 90% yeah, of the game tier. it makes way too easy. And then you use it for the final bosses where you actually are struggling, like, fuck, I'm in a cave and actually summon, and it's useless. <laughs> You're like, Enough well, me, shit. <laughs> I only, I only use it the one time, and the one so, time was my 158th try against Melania, where I beat her with my first <laughs> attempt on using a Mimic tier. And I, good. You know, I never looked Yeah, back. well, that's what I'm saying, though. It's I mean, like the I, beauty, I, I, these the are the time. quintessential example of games where people make up rules about how to play them, and they're like, this it's is not the a, way it's meant it's to be rule, played. Though. It's it not is though. It's the way it I is. like to play. It's but the way I like to play. I like I like but to have one character to worry about, 
in fighting another, sure. uh, you know, a challenge, right? But and it's you can do that. When I'm what fighting... I'm saying is it's not a difficulty option. It's just you have selected to do a challenge run for yourself, yeah, which is very different yeah. than adding yeah. a difficulty a, a, a option A challenge into a run game. enforced by public shaming because yeah. the culture it's around not, this, these like, games is weird. No, it isn't. I don't have fun watching my mimic do all the fight for me. That's not. They, they won't I do like. the whole fight for I don't, you. I don't, I don't absolutely what the problem is. They, they almost... Use the mimic and the mimic is not. I was gonna say no. The mimic, the mimic, one hundred percent will just do the fights for you for large chunks of the game. It's actually, it's, sure. it, it is fucked up how strong the mimic is. Yeah, but guess what? You don't have to use the mimic. It's not a requirement. No, they also greatly weakened him over patches, especially yes, from did. when I played. And when I played yeah. way back at the original release, the mimic was the strongest it had ever been, and I was yeah. using a very good optimized build. And if I just sat back and let my mimic do things. Bosses would eviscerate them. Yeah, I played. I played a literal like I, I played a melee strength build with a mimic. Maybe, maybe I'm it misremembering. Was it was literally no, me and one other I, person. I definitely had the easy time with the mimic. The, uh, maybe, I, I mean, I, I think the know, mimic does like the, make things like, easier I like because the mimic. having summons, I think the mimic is super cool. Yeah. So I want it to be a fun, interesting mechanic, but it often made entire parts of the game just not very interesting. Sure, and that's fine. Just don't and use I, the fucking I, mimic. And no, I, I said you, that's I'm, you didn't listen to the words I said. My whole <laughs> point was that the mimic is cool and interesting it. and should be a cool mechanic, and I wish that it was more interesting to engage with instead of a thing that outcom- that would frequently invalidate entire encounters. True, and but, they did that. They fixed that problem. I don't so, like uh, you, maybe right. in some version of the game, none of us have experienced. Even though I played, the, it, I took like six months to beat it, and it still wasn't like that. I, but, I think it still comes down to maybe, builds, yeah, though, because I, I find that sure. like again. A strength build is so easy. I can just walk up to bosses and like LOL bonk them twice and they're dead. And like that's I mean one of the reasons why the mimic was fucked up is that it it could cast all of my spells. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, But but the but the way that it punishes you is that you have no control over what spells it casts and what it doesn't matter because the mimic has so few consequences in general. Like like it it, the the whole thing about the mimic and why it's so powerful is that I as the player have a tiny baby health bar no matter how no matter how big you make it it's a baby baby health bar because it's dark souls the mimic has infinity health bar it has so much health bar so this little fucker can just tank the, hits and cast what? all of your spells out what? of your backlog Wait, it is objectively wild. the mimic has less health than you that is yeah, def- what about. Yes, yeah, it no, does. That is objectively, statistically what? No, it is true. the mimic the, the mimic has your stats but less that is yeah. how it works that is not true it is yeah. true. It is absolutely not. I played the game. I, I, yes. The mimic tanked like crazy. I, we're telling you. I'm telling you objectively. Your mimic, your mimic lived here. forever. It could just hang no, out and cast no. spells and get its ass beat. No, no, while no, while no, I'd no, be no, terrified no, no, of ever no. casting a single spell because I would I, just die I, in the process. I literally played on like day one. I had the strongest mimic in the game. That motherfucker would get crunched by like three hits. I can at, tank I have no idea what you guys are talking about, but it's also at not productive plus, to argue about a game from 18 at months plus ago. Plus 10, it gets a three times yeah, yeah. multiplier to the base health that you have, but that is offset by how much more damage enemies do to them, which makes them ultimately have less health than you have. I did not think this was you... my experience, but it's also like, once again, it's like it's been so long, it's not worth it to argue about. Which and, and that's fine. It's but just the idea. Every time like, anyone I, talks I, about this game, it does not sound like the game I played. <laughs> it's, that's the thing. Is like I think the importance about what makes Souls games so compelling to people is that everyone gets a unique experience and everyone gets to build the game around the way they want the game to feel like. 
If you want to play a game where you're playing ranged only and doing it that way, you can. It's a diminished experience, in my opinion, because you're a little fucking baby and you don't want to get in the face of an enemy and deal with dodging and parrying and fucking taking hits. But that's totally fine. The game is built to facilitate your desire to be a coward. And the game, in turn, is also <laughs> built to facilitate me being a fucking giant, uh, angry, stupid monkey running into the enemy and swinging a bat at it. Like... But the important part is that we all walk away with the same experience, which is like, man, that was a hard fucking fight or whatever. And yeah, we all go but we like, don't. man, it was fun going going around and like seeing a thing or engaging <laughs> we, we a don't. thing. And the whole conversation we just had was about how you don't have the same experience with fights. Well, yeah, I, I'm just watching I don't know, right you, now. You aren't making consistent arguments. Sorry, sorry. I'm we, have, we have the same experience of our interactions with engaging in the world, not with how difficult the fights were in total. Yeah. Like, we all experience the world in the same way, which is like, what the fuck is this castle over here? Or like, oh yeah. my god, I walked across a bridge. Like, those are the things that unify us, not our experiences in fighting the bosses. It doesn't matter if you use 15 mimics and a goddamn potion, or if you use nothing and beat it with your eyes covered and a banana. Yeah. Like, I don't give a <laughs> shit how you beat a boss. What matters is that you went up to a boss and weren't prepared for it or that you came across something yeah, you yeah. weren't expecting and being shocked by a thing like even if you succeed in doing it easily right like yeah for me any surprise encounter was met with one hit ko that's not engaging but it was still surprising i could still say like wow I was shocked that a guy came out of a hill and just wanted to fucking go at it with me that was weird even though nothing in Elden Ring, nothing at all in Elden Ring was built with difficulty in mind. It was the comically easiest fucking game ever made in existence. But that is not the experience anyone else has. Is. What we have in common is our experiences in interacting with the world and like yeah. engaging with the world itself. Which, again, which is why I'm complaining to Toaster about the way that it tells its story is because if it was a little bit different in how it told its story... I would love to be able to engage with the story aspect too with people. I would love to say, yeah, I also thought that such and such had a really compelling story, but I can't because my way of interacting with the world doesn't like never involves the story the same way that it does involving surprises or running into encounters. Like those yeah. are things that are so easy to happen. Whereas the story is so difficult to get wrung out of any character that you find like talking about a story is way less common to get like, a conversation going about than saying like man wasn't it crazy when you opened the door in the beach and then a monster came out and everybody's like yeah like that's what bothers me i want to be able to engage on the story the same level that i engage with the exploration and the fights are just such a nonsensical thing to worry about it doesn't matter at all like the fights are a build your own experience in its entirety that's why like the concept of an easy mode in Dark Souls is stupid. Easy mode is however you're smart enough to make it easy. You don't need an easy mode. The game is easy if you just put all your fucking stats into health and strength and just beat everything to death. <laughs> I, I literally I, watched a guy who just drank six potions before every fight and literally one-shotted all of the bosses, even well, the final boss. Yeah, like, but that's, that's even harder than playing the game normally, honestly. because It is. So it's hard stuff. to learn yeah. that stuff. But you yeah. can but one make of the, the things incredibly easy. That's the point I'm making. You don't need yeah, a slider so that's like, gives you that freedom. That's what I'm saying, though, is that it's interesting that this game is is so... It's spoken about just these games in general. People are like, well, summons are easy mode, or like, this is hard mode. And it's just very interesting that people say what that argument ultimately boils down to is if well, you understand the reasoning. game mechanics and use them as they were designed to be used, the game is easier. The real game is if you ignore the mechanics and it makes it harder. 
And it's like, that's kind of silly when you think about it. Like, people play through these games doing weird builds, not summoning, is... summoning. People will go through the whole game without using a fucking consumable. They're in the game to be used. They're extremely powerful. Use them. <laughs> like, like they, they'll complain about, it's not fair that this invader can use Estus. Bro, use a Lloyd's Talisman. It stops him from healing. Like, or just attack him again. <laughs> These items are exactly these things are in the game to be used. And that's why the holistic design of these games is so interesting and why putting in difficulty I... options that tweak those sliders harms that design because it basically is just enforcing this idea that actually we're not going to holistically design the game around all of the things in it. We're just going to reward people for not using the systems that they that they, for whatever reason, arbitrarily decided weren't part of the game as it was meant to be for, made which is weird. for me it, it isn't arbitrary it's really about difficulty it's because the game becomes banal and, and why does that good. matter it's not to a you, good though. game because like, it, 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 isn't that your it's your choice yeah but you it's, it's the way i can extract way. the fun out of the game because you i can only have fun whole, if you play with like a mimic or a summon you know, without a mimic without a mimic well, okay. even well, that's even fine. sure, that's fine. The but game doesn't. All require. I'm saying just, is like I don't think the just... fact that there's a well-designed system that is meant to make things easier for you at a cost is kind of doesn't... interesting. Like that's a neat though. thing to do. It's, it's oh, and the I mean... way you use you way you use the summons can be really strategic. Like there are reasons why you would want yeah. to use a summon like Black Knife Tish or the Rot Dogs over your mimic. Like yeah, for that's sure, cool. For sure. But just to go back to the to the to my experience, I just opened my let's play, and I see my mimic tanking the first two parts of Melania's triple uh, waterfowl dance. Attack. Yeah. What was your he build? Tanks, uh, I don't remember. But super did, everything did you, maxed. Did out. you have magic at all? Oh, tanking no. tanking waterfall dance dance almost tank, like tank. almost like your mimic had more health than you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you that's can what I'm saying. you can tank the first waterfowl the, dance me, doesn't do as much finish, damage as people just think just, it does. It tank the first two no i can see the numbers it did i did 111 damage uh the first yeah, two parts did 111 damage 20 percent of the health of the mimic and then the third part attacked me and almost killed me because of course yeah uh, that's, that's why part is the most damaging damage as well that's why, that's why i'm, that that's why I'm the, so confused it did about a thousand as well yeah i so my I, experience it, it definitely looks was... on my side that the mimic has way more health than i yeah do. so yeah. i the I, so I, the way it I, works is that the mimic has a static damage reduction and its health is a pool on its own that increases by how much you've upgraded it. Well, but, it's yeah, out. sure. That well, what, that wait. is offset by the increase in damage that a boss does in relation to your ability to change your damage reduction. Hmm. So yeah, like, I, I'm wearing again, a very very heavy armor. I have yeah, a yeah, lot of. I just, I just, I just, I just yeah, don't think this was true in practice. In my, <laughs> I still think I, my build, I think whatever the math out. behind it was, your mimic could take a billion hits, and you could die in like three hits. Like that was yeah. that was definitely my experience playing Elden Ring. Yeah. I know I, I, I had the inverse, had about as much health as, as much damage as my my mimic could take. But I, may, again, maybe they changed that. Maybe they made it I'm, better. Maybe. As the game what went I'm on, I don't know. I played uh, the first week, so yeah. But just here. just just to solidify my argument around the difficulty and why I think it should have, but also it shouldn't have summons, um, is uh, I think if we are going to take Elden Ring as a game, at least on the gameplay side of things, uh, holistically and just uh, you know not trying to be cutesy and trying to have fun with the system, uh, it's not a good game because it's so, so long, so repetitive, so 
nothing. It's very, very straightforward. It's an easy game. So for um, Elden Ring specifically, it teaches, I don't think it teaches you all the right ways to do those things as well. It's not like a secret. Like for example, Dark Souls yeah. One can be easy if you like figure out all the right order to do things and mm-hmm. have the right spells. And you that's don't what need makes to it beautiful. To... It is. A, it is. I think that's cool. But it's also like so how... something that happens not only naturally happens on the second or third playthrough. Well, after how am I going to kill? How am I going to kill? No, I think long range enemies just... as a melee user without summons. Dodge. How, I can't hit them. I sure. literally you can hit them. You go up to them. Go you can up get to, up to not, them. I can't. If you want to. There's, there are enemies that are just literally flying in the sky. Oh, hide behind a wall. I I physically can't <laughs> fucking hit them. I have Depends no on, means. Oh, I see. What I you have can to use do a ranged attack, but I'm not going to do that. It's not fun. I don't, I don't want there to being any enemies like that. So I summon being any enemies. There. Yeah. Let's see. So, we're, oh, there we're were, over three hours into this. Balloon. We should wrap it yeah. up. The, the point there is, were the balloons, I, the balloon skeletons. That's right. Yes, and like, and so I can't. If I, I can't them. hit I shot it, them in the and that means I have to. Yeah, but I don't want to use arrows. I'm only well, using sure, melee weapons. I mean. Oh yeah. So oh, like, the the weird floating balloons in Lunar yeah. at the lakes yes. that have like loot or you something. Get, I threw so darts at them. Pop and they'll drop stuff on you as well. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not wasting items. I don't use items. I just use SS class. Okay. Well, this this is. I mean, yeah. <laughs> the point I'm saying is that it's the so qu- arbitrary to make a game around what is fun that you shouldn't do that. You should make a game around yeah. freedom I, to make your own fun. That's the point. Is like I, 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 I I'm sorry. I, I'm, I feel, I'm countering. I'm countering the summon or the argument against taking summons out of the game. You are no a little, but I agree with you. Sure, but it's, it's also like a very convoluted, shit. self-inflicted problem where you're like. Yeah, what do I? How true. do I ever solve this problem? Here's seventy-five different solutions to that problem. Up. I would never do that. That's stupid. Yes. Okay. But well, that's my point. That's okay. the point yeah, I was why, making. Why are cool you summoning a fucking mimic? Use the systems. Stop you. Stop summoning a mimic if it's boring you. No, if it's no, making no. the game I, I less fun for you, I don't use the summon. fucking mimic. Like I didn't. That's what I'm saying. My but criticism I was I, that I want the mimic to be more interesting. That's true, but my my, my my criticism I, just comes from the fact that the fights are designed to have summons on them, and I uh, I don't think that's true. I think that they're is designed to untrue. or to not. We are you definitely we're definitely looping, and we're definitely over three hours in. We got it. We <laughs> yeah, got to okay. stop. It's time okay, to wrap right. this up. We have other plans for today. <laughs> All right. Don't see you guys next time. You can continue to argue about Elden Ring for three more years. We've already this is like our fourth podcast about Elden Ring. I didn't mean to. <laughs> Didn't mean to interrupt life of P conversation, lies of P conversation with Elden Ring. It's really good. That was supposed to be the takeaway. It was supposed to be a lies of P conversation. Lies of P is really good. If you have any of these problems with with Elden Ring or other Souls games for whatever reason, play Lies of P. You might like it, but it might also make you tear your hair out because it's really hard. Yeah. All right. See you guys next time. Bye bye. Bye.